Hey, what's up guys? Welcome back to another episode of Into the Combine. Just Jason here giving a quick intro to this episode. A little bit different uh, than our normal ones. We're not really talking much metal here, at least not for the first half. <clears throat> first half's me and my buddy Jake. He is, uh, well, he's now the, now he's the editor for Lamb Goat. But uh, yeah, we, we talk a lot about country music in general. So he had an idea to go ahead and, and do an episode on it. So we're going to run you guys through the stuff that we think is legit. Yeah, we're not really going to talk stuff that's on the radio. This is going to be more of the underground stuff, similar to maybe like, you know, metal. You got your more above ground stuff and then stuff that's uh, a little less common to hear. So anyways, we did record this back in April of 2023. So there has been a bunch of albums really since then from actually a lot of the people we're talking about on this episode. So if you're wondering like why we didn't mention any of those, that's why. They're all definitely worth uh, going and checking out. Um, and then the second half of this one, it's going to be with Nate Garrett of Spirit Adrift. That one starts about an hour and a half into this. And uh, if you if you have been listening for a while to the show, then obviously you're no, you're no stranger to Nate. We've talked to him, I don't know, two or three times before this. He's another one of my favorite guests to get on. He's just a cool dude, always super chill to talk to. So I knew he was a fan of country music, and I just kind of wanted to get somebody else, an artist from the metal world, to come in and kind of give their picks. And he went into a lot more of like the older outlaw type stuff, a lot of the older country. So it's a good mix of both. You're going to get the newer stuff up front, and then you can listen to me and Nate talk about more of the older stuff. I love both, so it was really, really fun for me to kind of talk about something different besides metal, since it's, it's a pretty big passion of mine too. Yeah, I think that's about it. I'm not. Sh- I'm gonna shut up because it is a longer one. Please let me know if you guys found anything cool from this. I think I probably just put a lot of work into this one for for probably what five ten percent of you guys probably will like it. I don't know. I'm hoping more. But I did talk to Nate a little bit about the new album too. So hey, jump to that at least to hear 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 about Nate's new album or the new Spirit of Drift album, which is very sick. Goes to the gallows. Um, it came out a week or so ago. So, yeah, give it a listen. Let me know what you think. Welcome back to a weird edition of Into the Combine. I am Evil J-Dog, and with me today is... Uh, Jake, I guess. That's all <laughs> I, I don't really have a cool nickname like you do. <laughs> Since we don't know yet if this is for just our uh, Patreon people or the whole podcast world, I guess if someone doesn't know you, you've got a little bit of metal, uh, what do you call it, background, cred... Uh, yeah, I hate, I hate, yeah, I hate to define <laughs> it as cred, <laughs> but, um, I don't but know yeah, what, like uh, <laughs> insider, he's a metal insider. I don't know what, it, what should we, <laughs> that sounds really cool. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to let that, <laughs> let that set. <laughs> um, but yeah, kind I mean, of a big write, deal. I'll just say that kind of a big deal. Not, not even a little bit, but <laughs> I, I appreciate you, you saying so. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I write some stuff for Lamb Goat, write some stuff for Everything is Noise, do some interviews and try to go to shows when I can. And, you know, that's that's really about about the size of it. Uh, but, you know, sort of obsessed with the music and tend to, you know, keep my nose buried in in Bandcamp and all the all the places that I look for music. So, yeah, that's yeah. about it. 
when were you, you were on the show i was looking at that the other years day, ago it was <laughs> it was like like no lie like 2016 yeah that's probably about that was, right. that's, that's wild like which is hilarious to think about that being six years ago now but yeah but yeah so that was that was a while ago so but some I people remember might remember was, maybe yeah i mean which is it's weird for me to think back that far yeah i think that was the year that we had like uh we had very similar um our tastes were overlapping so hard then because like it was really into to witherscape and um what was that other album that came out um I can't think of, I don't know. You gave your albums of the year list and I, I, I literally had the exact same thing. So I was like, oh, these guys are Yeah, cool. I remember that. I remember yeah. that. Good times. So is, this episode's a little bit different, obviously. There's going to be no metal at all <laughs> um, unless we get on a ta- tangent or something. I don't know. But you, you had know. the idea to do something on country. Yeah. So I know we were just talking about how do we want to like define the episode or whatever. I know we kind of said in defensive country a little bit since a little bit. Yeah. I don't know a lot. Of, I mean, unless you're plugged into it, I think you don't know what's out there. If you only know the radio, then sure. you're tuning out immediately probably. So this is Absolutely. not going to be on what's on the radio, right? Probably. I don't know. Not. I don't know what you're going to bring up. Maybe you will. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. And I guess it, it is, depends on the too. radio station, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's, it's funny because I think about like, Anytime that you and I have just like messaged each other like directly, it's been like about country. It's not about metal. <laughs> like we're not sending each other like great metal albums. We're sending each other like, oh, did you hear this this new country record? <laughs> it's so yeah. I was like, we should talk about it. It should it would be fun. So, yeah, it was a good idea because I I have a few people in my circle that like this kind of stuff, but not a lot. So that's why yeah, I'll shoot you stuff or you'll shoot me stuff. I always appreciate sure. it because I'm always on the hunt. For me, sure. it's it's metal. And then it's it's country and some synthwave. And that's obviously there's other stuff, but like my sure. main ones, I mean, especially the metal and the good country. I mean, that's like my bread and butter. So a thousand percent. I don't know. Is that same yeah. for you or you, you go a little bit all over, right? I try to like, I mean, the problem is it's just time and energy, right? Like, cause I tend to dig pretty deep in metal, but you know, it's hard to um, find time to do that for for multiple styles of music and and have like lead a normal <laughs> well-adjusted life so i i tend to i'm open to all sorts of things but like when it comes to things that i focus on or dig for it's i mean it's probably obviously metal first and then closely followed by you know this this type of country that we're going to be talking about today which is you know uh a little below the surface yeah yeah just like with metal man there's you know you've got your stuff that you're going to hear mainstream right and then yep. you're going to have your stuff that's below the surface that you have to dig for because you're not going to hear it otherwise and, right. and i think i mean i feel like it's booming i mean the past five ten years really have been really good oh i agree yeah and, and to your point like i think a lot of people if you you know if you observed metal the same way that a country gets observed and i'm not pointing fingers at anyone specifically but like if if i looked at country the way um a lot of people do and if i looked at metal the same way then i'm like if i like pick a top metal playlist on spotify i'm gonna hate all of it like just all of it Mm -hmm. right there's not going to be anything there that i care for so what makes me think that if i do that with country then that's an accurate representation of of what's available um yeah so but yeah I, i think there's there's definitely been and i guess for me i feel like the big push 
toward like, I guess, independent uh, or, you know, independent countries, I guess one way to say it started for me with like the early Sturgill Simpson stuff, the early Tyler Childers stuff and like Jason Isbell, like those three, I feel like just kind of kicked the door open for me. I don't know about the scene as a whole, but for me, those were the ones that was like, Oh, you know, this kind of music isn't just, you know, what's on the radio. Yeah. Did you grow up listening to country at all? Or was that like an entry right there? That's a good question. For me, it was more bluegrass. I grew up on bluegrass, like very like traditional, you know, I'll, I'll rattle off some bands here. Like when I was growing up, it was like Lonesome River Band, Blue Highway, it, these, these kinds of like traditional bluegrass bands mm. that, um, you know, Alison Krauss is kind of on the fringe of that. Like mm-hmm. she's a little bit more like progressive and on the countryside where what I was listening to was more like, I don't know, like hard. I guess the, the analog would be, you know, Dark Throne <laughs> black metal is kind of like the analog to bluegrass where like something like post black metal would be like Alison Krauss. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. If that's a good, if that's a it good is. comparison. So um, I kind of grew up with some of those sounds and that style of storytelling. Well, and you're um, from uh, Virginia, right? I am like loosely that makes born sense. here and like came back here. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of it around. And actually, that was a question I had for you because, like, I know you're in Michigan, so like, I didn't know if like you were born and raised there. You moved, you moved there to be closer to Kid Rock, or, or what the deal was. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That is it, man. That's it. Um, but like, was that was that part of your your upbringing? Or no, it actually was not at all. My parents were not into country at all. But um, I kind of got into it. I it was like a really slow thing for me. Like, it started more with like Southern rock. Okay. So like Skinner, like I found Skinner one day. Actually, you know what it was? Is there was that band, um, Maylene and the Sons of Disaster. Do you remember that band ever? Like, I know the name, but like I couldn't tell you a single thing. They so did, but I was I pretty into like Under Oath and those kind of like metalcore bands early on. Sure. And so the the singer from Under Oath like started a new band, and it was Maylene and the Sons of Disaster, and it was basically like Leonard, Leonard Skinner if it was metalcore. Like, okay. <laughs> I mean, pretty much okay. that. <laughs> and um. So whatever, I was into that, and uh, then I was like, you know, what? I just it sent me on a, you know, discovery path. So then I got really into like Skinnerd, and I would like dabble with the country on the radio stuff, you know, because I wanted mm-hmm. more of whatever, you know, anything like that. Wasn't feeling it, but then I kind of found all the alt country stuff. Um, okay. And so I was digging into some of that, and you know, I did that episode with with um, Derek with like Drive By Truckers a while ago. Right. So bands like that, or there was like bands like Lucero or Uncle Tupelo, or um, what was the other one? Uh, like Chuck Reagan. I don't know if you ever got into from Hot Water. Yeah, music. I was actually I was actually talking to my wife about him, like when he did uh, Horrible Crows with Brian Fallon from. Um, that was a good album. Um, uh, Gaslight Anthem. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I get the I get the space you're talking about there. Yeah, yeah, that was like next step would be like all of that. Lucero, I was a just big fan of that, still am, and and then so that like was the groundwork. So I was at least into all that stuff for a long time, and then yeah, I kind of like what you said there with those bands that like just kind of lit the whole that whole scene. I think back up like kind of like we don't like you know what's on the radio. <laughs> right. I, I'm sure there was a ton of stuff before that. I know there was from looking back and everything a little bit, but yeah. Not so much that made the same kind of statement or, or the waves that those ones that you just mentioned did. So then, like yeah. once those came out, yeah, it was uh, 
it was a big deal, especially since I was a fan of, like I said, drive by truckers. And like you said, Jason Isbell, right. Once he started doing his solo stuff, you know, you know, that was like, I paid attention big time, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, I think he took it to a next level for me, mainly just because the songwriting was just so real, you know? And I think he, he did stuff that like, I still think about the song elephant and still like get like, you know, goosebumps. It's just like that. That's just one of the most powerful songs I've ever heard. So obviously I'm going to like pay attention to what this guy's saying. Cause he's, he's on a different level than, you know, anything that's on country radio for sure. Oh yeah. 100%. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That first album, which was uh Southeastern. I mean, he mm-hmm. did stuff before that. Right. That was the one that got me though. Yeah, yeah. That was like his first full solo one. He was first yep. sober and um true. So that one, being a, like I said, being a fan of drive-by truckers and the stuff he did on, with them, I thought was all mm-hmm. like brilliant. But um, then once he went solo, it was kind of next level. Like you said, tracks like Elephant, which was about a friend having cancer and how to talk right. to him and, and just whatever, Elephant in the Room. And yeah, I mean, it literally could bring tears to your eyes. I mean, it's stuff that's like very heavy. The whole album's like that and it deals with him getting sober right. and still one of my favorite albums probably of all time. I mean, I just absolutely yeah. love that. Said into your better than your past Winked at me and drained a glass Cross-legged on a bar stool Like nobody sits anymore She said into your taking me home But I knew she planned to sleep alone I'd carry her to bed And sweep up the hair from her home if I'd fucked her before she got sick, I'd never hear the end of it. She don't have the spirit for that now. We just drink our drinks and laugh out loud. Bitch about the weekend crowd and try to yeah for sure like i i think that that's to me is is kind of i think probably things like that is probably like maybe it's too early to talk about this but where the overlap is with like why i like metal and why i like this kind of stuff is just because there's a lack of pretense it's like all very raw very real it feels kind of visceral in a different way not Mm. not not necessarily sonically visceral but like lyrically it just feels like honest yeah, and I think that's what one of the things that I like about metal for the most part is, yeah, it's a performance, blah, 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 whatever. But like it feels more visceral. It doesn't feel as like assembled. It feels like it just kind of came together. And I think that's what to me, what good music does, regardless of the genre. And I think that's why I found, you know, some of these things that we're talking about now in country with, you know, uh, with that feeling. Did you ever did you ever listen to stuff on the radio at all or? When I was growing up, so like I grew up in a very religious household, so like quote unquote secular music wasn't necessarily allowed, <laughs> yeah. uh, which I've fully rebelled from at this point, obviously. But like I was sort of around it because, you know, if you go anywhere in the South, <laughs> you know, you're going to hear country music. So like at the time when I was young and like still in in the area where I live now, like there was a lot of like what I guess now would be considered like prime country. So mm. Brooks and Dunn, George Strait, to an extent like um, 
Montgomery Gentry, Diamond Rio. So like a lot of these acts that are now, I guess, quote unquote classics, like that's what was all the rage. And like looking back and like, I still have a big fondness for a lot of that stuff. Like specifically Brooks and Dunn. Like I have a neon Brooks and Dunn (laughs) sign in my house. Um, But like there's still a fondness for like some of the charm of that, even though some of it was still, you know, just manufactured and, and stuff like that. It still felt fun and playful and not, necessarily um i don't know it was just songs about working hard and getting drunk and getting your heart broken and it it wasn't just hey i'm country look at me i'm country i'm country i'm country i love a country lifestyle country 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 like it was still actually about things and not about itself so yeah i guess i have a fondness for a lot of that stuff yeah um i'll still get down with some of that for sure yeah, I because I had some of that too. It was like my my wife, you know, we've been dating forever. So we dated mm-hmm. for like ten years. We got we've been married for like ten years, and awesome. so her family is the opposite. Like they, she grew up. Her family was into country music. Her dad, okay. and and you know, like the '90s stuff, similar to kind of like what you were saying there. Some older than that too. Um, mm-hmm. So she, you know, I would hear hear it when I was around them, and once in a while she would put something on or whatever. So it was like. I was getting some of that and I was finding some of that older stuff that I liked, like Alabama. Um, mm. Yeah. Some Brooks and Dunn and, and all that. And, and I would like look into like back then I would look into some of that older stuff cause I wasn't looking for the new stuff yet. And I mean, I got, I, I got to be a pretty, pretty big fan of things like Johnny Cash, you know, sure. all like the classic, you know, the outlaw type stuff. I mean, that was like really mm. hitting pretty hard for me. I got my, uh, I don't know if you can see this here, my Merle Haggard shirt here. Yeah, I can see it. The long sleeve. I'm pretty happy about this. Killer. Waylon Jennings, you know, just all that stuff that you, you know, the outlaw stuff. I got pretty heavy into that. And still to this day, I mean, cash is still pretty high up there for me. You know, some of that stuff's tough. Sometimes, you know, you got to weed through some cringy, (laughs) some racism. I mean, you know, it's a little, you know. (laughs) Of its time. It's of its time. (laughs) Yeah, so that's yeah. why it's nice to have the newer stuff that pulls from it. And, right. You know, and I, I think it's a lot of this stuff, it's similar to like if you're a fan of, you know, old school death metal, mm-hmm. it's like a similar thing that we have going right now where it's like you have these bands that are, you know, they're, it's like old school country that are new bands. Right. And it's it's a very similar yeah. thing to me, you know? Yeah. It's interesting to- it's interesting to see that like, you know, regardless of, of, of what you listen to, there's always cycles, right? Like, so like, you know, there's, there's a lot of that going on in hip hop too, with like a lot of mm. like the Memphis stuff coming back and the boom bap coming back. So like, there's always like this sort of stuff going on where, you know, the, the <clears throat> kids growing up, listen to this stuff. And then by the time they're ready to make music, that's, that's kind of what they want to go back to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think, yeah. So I guess that's kind of like where I was coming from it and that's where you were kind of coming from it. So yeah. The for people that I guess that know nothing about any of this stuff, mm. those first few bands that you mentioned there are kind of like some of the most important ones to probably bring up. Yeah. You know, like if you know nothing and you've only heard Radio Country and you're still even listening, then I think we should probably just run through those first three a little bit sure. more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Kick us off there. Who do you want to start with? Well, we kind of I guess we already t- kind of talked about Isbell a little bit, Jason Isbell. I mean, just to run that one in just a little bit more, I think I think that one would be a good starting point for a lot of people if you are, you know, it's 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 on the mellower side. Mm-hmm. You know, he's kind of a hard, harder one to describe because, you know, he's, yeah, he's in the country wheelhouse, but, you know, what is he, more Americana, folk Americana, right. you know, singer-songwriter even. 
Yeah, it kind of depends on the record for him mm-hmm. too. Like when he's doing solo stuff versus like when he's doing stuff with 400 unit, like there's there's a little bit of different approach, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I think he's a great one because I don't think when you listen to it that you're realizing that you're listening to country exactly. or country adjacent because it, it doesn't feel like that. But the instrumentation's all there, right? Like so, you know, it melodically it may not sound like a country song, but like the mm-hmm. the DNA is there. And I just think like he's just such a great songwriter that it kind of doesn't matter, sort of transcends all that. Like if we were vampires from the the Nashville sound record, you know, it's just a great love song that is just takes a, a darker approach, which I think is what really attracts me to him is he doesn't always look at things. Even a love song is like a, you know, this bright cheery thing. Yeah. There's always like this tinge of like sadness to it or melancholy or whatever um yeah and you know he's a pretty socially aware guy he's pretty you know yeah had his struggles obviously and there's like there's a new hbo documentary out about I him i saw, saw that i didn't I, watch I, it i haven't I watched no i haven't it. watched i was like i should watch that before we do this episode now i feel like an idiot but uh but yeah i'll be checking wait. that out for sure yeah no it looks great but yeah i just think he's like i think he's the one that i would point to most for for most people if you know if they don't know where to start i would say start here just because I think he's like the guy for songwriting right now, especially in, in that space. I, I mean, I would go as far to say if I had to pick one songwriter of the last whatever, 10 years, or, I mean, yeah. I'd say for me, the guy, you know, for a storyteller yeah. who can craft a song, like mm-hmm. I probably would say him. I mean, I just, no one really, I mean, and not every song, obviously. And I, and certain sure. ones I like more than others. And, but yeah, he's probably my guy for that, for that category. Like songwriter, I'd say, you know, like of my generation kind of thing if you're into that kind of music. And I think you're right. So if you just like talent and songwriting and storytelling with an amazing voice and who can actually play the guitar and do the whole thing, can't go wrong. Yeah, and I like I'm I'm trying to remember now the the songs. So give me just just one second. Like there was this song Oh yeah, here it is. I, I just couldn't remember the name of it. I couldn't remember the lyrics, but not the title of the song. So like, this is this is like a very personal anecdote. But like in 2020, well, at the end of 2019, like life was very dark for me, like extremely dark. Like, you know, former marriage fell apart, and then like I moved out, and as soon as I moved into a new place by myself, pandemic hits, everything mm-hmm. shut down. Like I am on my own in a way that I hadn't been. Um, but the song "Be Afraid" from the Jason Isbell 400 unit album reunions like that song just like it became sort of my anthem because like one of the lyrics is be afraid but do it anyway mm, and like okay yeah yeah that, yeah that that song is just absolutely killer I used to just like sit and sit and listen to that and just sob until I got through <laughs> some stuff so yeah I, it's it's hard to pick a better songwriter that's the one that had okay letting you go as the closing track I think so is that the one about his daughter it's a daughter, yeah. Dude, and okay, if you're going to talk about sobbing to a song, like, I'm not going to say I sobbed to it, but I'm going to say my eyes probably got watery because, you know, I've got a four-year-old, and probably by the time that came out, it was I might have been two or, yeah, was, I don't know, well, yeah. whatever year that was, Around he was that. younger. And as a parent, it's like, God damn it, like, he just gets to the <laughs> core of it. Like, yeah. he gets to the core of everything, you know, and I think that one's just about, like, you know, having your kid, you know, they're going to grow up, and they're going to, like, let go, they're going to leave, and they're, you know, all that kind of stuff, and... uh that got me too. So I'll just back you up on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he's, he's incredible. So yeah, it's, 
Yeah, I know it's, it's it's like the Jason Isbell show in here now, but yeah, for sure, <laughs> he's 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 a bucket list guy. I need I need to see him live. It's just hard to get tickets to. Yeah, he does. I saw him once, and it might have been, God, it might have been right after Southeastern because he didn't play a lot of. Yeah, it must have been right after that because he's just pretty heavy mm-hmm. on that album and the old stuff that he had. But no, no complaints there. It was about as good as you'd expect. So yeah, I have no doubt. So then you mentioned the other big, big hitters. Oh, you mentioned you left off one, but that's probably because it wasn't around at the time. But I'm going to say Sturgill next because just sure. kind of in order of who came when. And I came into it around the time of uh, metamodern sounds mm-hmm. of uh, country music. Yep. That's how I'd say it, right? Metamodern. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the one. That's the one with Turtles All the Way Down. Yes. Yeah. That was a huge one for me. Big time. I think he he's like, so like if... In some ways, he's kind of the the anti Jason Isbell. Yeah. Not in like that he's bad, but like he definitely approaches this as like this is country music. Like he's yep. full bore into like this is he's not dancing on genre lines. He is like a hundred percent. This is old school, you know, nineteen late nineteen seventies, early eighties outlaw style country, and his voice is just freaking perfect for it. Yeah. Like from from like just his phrasing, his intonations, his songwriting, and. Yeah, I mean, he's just, <clears throat> he, he, to me, it felt like he just kind of came out of nowhere. Time and time again, Lord, I've been going through the motion. It's a means to an end, it don't seem to be. Walking around, living the dream Anytime I take a notion Till the truth comes and bubbling up Song bittersweet There's no point in getting out of bed When you ain't living the dream Like the maker of the old pot of coffee When you ain't got no cream I don't need to change my strings Cause the dirt don't hurt The way I sing Oh, I don't have to do The goddamn thing Sit around and wait to die Honestly, I think the first thing that I heard from him It was probably the um, Nirvana cover he did. Mm. Um, oh yeah, okay. Off of on the, the next uh, one, right? Or was on it the next record? Yeah, yeah. And then I kind of went backward from there, and then 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 caught up. Yeah, because that Nirvana cover was interesting. I'm not. <clears throat> I'm still not sure how I feel about it. It's good, <laughs> but I'm still not sure how I feel about it. Yeah. But yeah, that's where. So you came online with Metamodern. Yeah, you know, I like, found him on YouTube. I think because I think that okay. um, Turtles, I think, was doing pretty good. I forget if it was a live. I think it was like a live version of it, or. Could have been oh, like okay. an NPR thing or I don't know. There was something online about it and blew me away. I went back to the first one and then that one. But And then he did the Tiny Desk concert, which mm-hmm. I think I, I watched pretty early on too. It might have been that. Time. But uh, yeah, same as you. It was just like, whoa. I mean, and what was cool about it is like 100% country. But what's cool is it's like he added this whole element of fresh to it. And I guess like for a metal person, this might be a bit of a mm-hmm. reach, but like kind of like a band like um blood incantation where they're playing old school death metal morbid angel and all that but then you know they add in the psychedelic and all that stuff where you know sturgill does a lot of like 
psychedelic, obviously oh, themes, yeah. right? Um, jam yeah, sessions, like songs that kind of just go on that trip a little bit more than like, cause he vocally very similar to like a Waylon Jennings or like just that old school yes. style, you know? Yes. So you're rooted there. You're, you know what I mean? It sounds old school and everything is the storytelling and everything, but he adds that extra touch, which in country music, man, is like, especially at the time, it's so rare. No one's trying to do anything too different. You're still doing right three chords and the truth kind of stuff and, and very, you know, and sparse stuff or whatever, or it's pop, or maybe you add in the Southern rock or some rock elements or, you know, there, obviously there's a lot of stuff like that, but I don't know. I'm not obviously an expert on all this stuff, but <laughs> right. I don't know of a lot of albums before that that really went there like he did with that. Yeah, I can agree with that. Like, I mean, I I know like especially in that time frame, I haven't hadn't heard anything that that took that approach and kind of like, I guess, put some oxygen into country music in a, in a way that that he did with like not only space but just like freshness. It was yeah really cool and still is and honestly like he's probably mm-hmm. like of the people we've talked about so far and maybe anyone we will he might be the most versatile person that we'll talk about because mm-hmm. like if you listen to like the outlaw stuff like metamodern or sailor's guide it's like very kind of in that space of like old school outlaw psychedelic country but then he like he did like sound and fury a few years ago which is almost like a rock album yeah and then he did dude and juanita which is like a f- straight up traditional bluegrass record so like he can yeah. do all sorts of stuff and the bluegrass remakes yeah the bluegrass records yeah. yeah he's done a lot yeah. i'm not a big fan of the rock one it's fine yeah i mean favorite. i'm glad he did it like good for him mm-hmm. but like i'm not gonna that's, that, that's not the sound i'm looking for when i put a sturgill record on but yeah but his bluegrass stuff is surprisingly like it's, it's someone who considers themselves a bit of a purist when it comes to like the bluegrass sound because they're very they're weirdly strict rules to when something is and is not bluegrass and i feel like he got it right Mm -hmm. um especially on dude juanita it's just like that's just right so yeah he's there's a lot to find if you if you dig around yeah in in his discography yeah i agree i agree i think out of all of them he's still you know it goes between him and like tyler childers and whatever but meta modern for me it's it's if you're gonna ask me again a top 10 outside of metal for the past decade or whatever of that decade sure you know that for that one that one's up there for me i love sailor's guide as well and i love uh dude and juanita um but meta modern is pretty high up there so yeah i yeah. think if anyone's a fan of, of if you want to hear something fresh in country you you could do either of those sailor's guide because that added in horns and trumpets and you know went a different right. route obviously right um, it reminded me a lot of that stuff that um uh well not a lot but uh, do you remember when Ray Charles and Willie Nelson did Seven Spanish Angels? No. Do you know that song? Mm-mm. Okay. Um, I'm sure a lot of people may have heard okay. that, but like it was sort of like that weird, like uh, kind of unexpected crossover sound. But look up that song. That song is awesome. Yeah, I will. Um, but yeah, it kind of reminded me of, of that approach where like it was just bigger and more instruments and grand, but still at the same time had that country yeah. vibe to it. So check him out, obviously, anyone. Um, yeah. And then moving on to Tyler Childers, who you mentioned. Yep. And if I mean, obviously he's one of the biggest. I don't know if he's surpassed Sturgill at this point. Probably just because he's I, busier. I, I, yeah, I feel I like he's I busier. I don't. I don't know that I have a good barometer for who's where. In I think terms with the younger like, crowd right now, I feel like it's Ben Tyler, and then obviously some newer ones maybe yeah. overtaking it. But um, yeah, I take that back. Probably with people like Zach Bryan now and things like that. But. Mm. But yeah, I mean, 
Sturgill was right up there, and then you had Tyler Childers come in, who, who Sturgill Simpson produced for his first uh, first album. Well, first full regular album. Yeah. I think so, yeah. He did the live stuff first. But anyway, so Tyler Childers, when he came out with Purgatory. <sighs> that record, man, like, that's a lock for top 10 for me yeah. outside of metal, mainly just because of just, A, it's, it's, sort of, it's Appalachian country, which is like, very close to my heart. You yeah. Know, that's just one, one state over. And like, it's kind of got that raw uh, edge to it that, you know, a lot of Isabel stuff and, and even some of Sturgill stuff just doesn't have. Yeah. It's just, it's got this like White House Road and, and um, Feathered Indians and stuff like that. It's just, it hits in a different way. And it, it might feels be authentic. so far for but, metal fans too, right? I mean. Because like you're saying, the yeah, way it hits in a different way. It's a little bit more wild and raw and like. Yeah. And like he he can, you know, he can break it down and do some like, you know, slower, more like heartfelt stuff. Like his last, like the last double album I wasn't crazy about. The one where he did like the Jubilee version and the Hallelujah version. Yeah. That was okay. But like he can still like, you know, he can write a love song like All Yorn, but he can also do something about, you know, getting high on Coke and jumping off a bridge. You know, <laughs> he's, yeah. he's, he's versatile and like it all feels authentic and real. And you know, like, yeah, he's he's one of those that I just you put on at night with the windows down while you're driving <laughs> through the you know driving through the woods. It's oh, just yeah. a perfect fit. Perfect fit. Yeah, we've done a lot of trips, you know, driving out west and it's like a must. I've put it on for every trip I've been on in the mountains, whether I'm not yep. in the Appalachians or not. But like <laughs> Sure. It uh it just fits. It's just so earthy, it's so good. And I mean, I don't know how I don't yeah. know how to explain that, like where I feel like he could I don't know. I feel like he maybe have some background in, in metal a little bit. I thought he said like he was a fan or something. I could be totally off on this. I don't know if he was I'm in a sure. band at some point. Maybe it was an interview I heard. I don't know. But um, I don't know. Something about his vocal style where like he sets himself apart so much from... I, again, I don't, I'm not an expert in this, so there may be people before him that sound like him. I'm sure there is. Mm-hmm. But... He's in, he's influenced so many people that have come out after him to imitate yeah. him because he has such a unique and identifiable voice. And I feel like the way he enunciates words, or he'll he'll like shout certain yeah. lines I was randomly. Gonna say like he he can like punch a line through. He can punch a line where through. most people were would not make that choice. Yes. and you know he's he's gruff at the same time, and he's a little bit nasally, but it doesn't come off as like you know, whiny nasally, it comes off as like angry nasally. And yes. it, yeah, it's just, I think vocally, I think a lot of metal fans would, would kind of be in on, on what he does and the choices that he makes because it does feel very, um, it's energetic in a different way, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And it's not the kind of country stuff. I think a lot of people have in their mind that like country radio voice that like, no, it's not, not even close, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. heavier, deeper kind of, mm-hmm with the twang right. on it and everything. I mean, obviously he's got the twang on it and stuff like that, but it just does not yeah, but sound this guy's like from it. Kentucky. Yeah. He's, he's, from Kentucky. he's not, he, he's not from Australia. Aping a country accent. <laughs> Sorry. <Peter. laughs> Daddy work like a mule mine in Pike County cold. He fucked up his back. Couldn't work anymore He said one of these days You'll get out of these hills Keep your nose on the grindstone And out of the pills See the ways of this world Just bring you to tears 
Keep the Lord in your heart and you'll have nothing to fear. Live the best that you can and don't lie and don't steal. Keep your nose on the grindstone and out of the pills. Well, Daddy, I've been trying. I just can't catch a break. There's too much in this world that I can't seem to shake. But I remember your words, Lord, that bring me chills. Keep your nose on the grindstone and out of the pills. And the yeah. Appalachian sound, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's been coming out lately. And I mean, I think yeah. that's another one that people, if you're not a fan of country music, you might not even know that sound exists. Like, Sure. And I don't exactly even know how to explain it. To me, it's got the bluegrass, it's got the country, mm-hmm. it's got the folk. I mean, it's a it's a weird melting pot to me. I yeah, think it's hard to say. It yeah, but yeah, it's it's just like what he does is just wildly different. But for me, it feels very familiar, even though he is very unique. I think it is just it's a regional thing for me because it, like, I I understand how he got where he did with his sound because mm-hmm. I, I just feel like oh, you just just connect a few dots here and, and off he goes. And so I like it, it, it feels familiar to me in a way that's that like someone like, you know, who's from Nashville or, you know, Texas wouldn't, it just feels a little closer to home. So, Oh yeah. If somebody kind of, was to check out a song, would you have, which one would you go with? I mean, I don't know. I feel like the best one for me it, it would probably be white house road, mainly just because it's just such a stomper <laughs> yeah. and like, it's got so much attitude Especially for um, a metal fan, probably is. Yeah, and like it, it's got a lot of um, storytelling there, sure. And it is a little bit about like, I guess it is a little bit about lifestyle, but it's not like, hey, we're having a, a, a field party. We're going <laughs> to, you know, have sex in a flat bottom boat. You know, it's yeah. not like that. It's more like, <laughs> this shit's hard. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's more what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I don't know. What about you? Where, where, would, where would you jump in? Yeah, on I'd go that and I'd follow it up with like Nose on the Grindstone, probably. That's another great one. Just because it's a live Just because, cut. Oh, yeah. Him and his acoustic the, the, guitar. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to be blown away. And he does, uh, you know, if you want to hear some of that crazy vocal stuff that we're talking about, like, I mean, it's just all right there. So, yeah. That's the beauty of both. something like that. It's just like, it's, it's so immediate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now he's he's a cool one. Like while we're talking about like people with unique voices in just their acoustic guitar, I think yeah. I have to bring up Coulter Wall at this point. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like that's the natural progression because he's he's kind of in the same vein, but also not. Um, he is actually from Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. Like he's the son of like a Canadian politician, but he's a, he's an actual rancher. <laughs> uh, uh, in fact, in in Ian from the the Patreon group. Uh, McClung and myself, we talked about this. Like, I think Rogan's tried to get him on the podcast multiple times, but he's just like, I can't. I'm ranching. Yeah, you know, I'm busy. I'm working. I'm working the fields, so I'm not going to show up to your podcast. I got I got cattle to tend to, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is hilarious. But it adds a um, layer to it, you know. I mean, it's it just does. Like, yeah, this guy it's is just the real authentic. deal. And he like when he started, I think when he started making music, he was like 17 or 18. Yeah, and it sounded like he'd been smoking cigars for 40 years when he was 17. But like, if you, if you look up, like, if you want to know anything he's about, just look up the the Brewery Sessions versions of his songs mm. on YouTube, like um, "Devil Wears a Suit and Tie," 
like it's just it's so deep man like it just every the first time i hit play on that like my jaw was like on the floor the whole time i'm just like how is this kid you know, he, he still looks like a kid. I mean, yeah, I think he was 20-something you know, when those were like 20 years old. Yeah, yeah. it's just like, how do you sound like this? Well, Reverend, Reverend, please come quick. I got something to admit I met a man out in the sticks A good old miss He drove a Series 10 Cadillac And wore a cigar on his lip Don't you know the devil Wears a suit and tie Driving down the 61 in early July Wide as the cotton field and sharp as a knife I heard him howling as he passed me by But yeah, he um, he's more of in the Western kind of space. So yeah. he's not like in the country as much as just as the Western. So... A lot of his songs are like stories about cowboys and stories about ranching and stories about the you know the plains and the prairies and stuff. So it's not at all you know you know boyfriend country or bro country in in the slightest <laughs> bit. It's it's about eating rainbow stew in the freezing cold and you know trying to make it across the prairie before you know winter sets in. Like yeah. that's what his songs are about. But are you are you into his stuff? Oh man, I mean the same thing as you. I think that's where I found him was on. Uh, Either those sessions, I think, or like I said, there's a few websites I follow. And I remember when uh, the self-titled album, Coulter Wall, came out back in 2017. It was all right around that time. But because I remember f- seeing those YouTube sessions and sending them to like five different people, just like, listen to this <laughs> <Yeah>. guy's voice. <laughs> you you know? gotta go. Because yeah. like I said, I love Cash. And that early sure. stuff, obviously it's different, but it's that deep, deep, godly deep voice. Yeah. With so like you said, whiskey and cigarettes since he was born, and uh, and you know, and he's changed that a little bit through the years, yeah. Which is what's so weird. So we said he's authentic. I mean, I don't think you can get more authentic because he put out the I think it was an EP, right? Imagine imaginary Appalachian, yeah, because it's only twenty two minutes, yeah, yeah. Which people may have heard some of his stuff because it's gotten on TV on TV shows. It's been on Yellowstone. It's been you know, mm-hmm. if you're on Instagram or whatever, real, I mean, there's always stuff playing like Sleeping on the Blacktop. It's his oh, yeah. best, most known, most played song. But what's yep. so cool about him and probably frustrating to some people is like he did that album and it's very much like that darker, simple, toned down, just hand claps and guitar. And you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that harder hitting yeah. stuff, which I think that would be a good song to check out, Sleeping on the Blacktop, because it is just like an easy one to get into. And then he did the self-title, which again was in that darker, slower vibe. And then he just keeps going more and more Western. Yeah. Like, like a little less on the deep, gravelly stuff with the voice. It's still all there. But it's yeah, like... it's definitely like added some care. production. Yeah. If he cared and wanted to make a bunch of money off of it, he would do more of like those big hits. Sure. But he just... 
He just says fuck that. And he puts right. out songs with covers of like these old ass Western songs mm-hmm. that nobody really would care about. And he like still the, does the great. Big Iron from yeah. uh, Marty Robbins. Yeah. yeah. Just kills it. Yeah. I love it all. But yeah, I'm no, sure a lot of people are like, just do Sleep on the Blacktop more. Do something like that. Sure. Yeah, that would be the logical thing. But now, like, I, I've, you know, I think my favorite from him might be the Songs of the Plains from mm. four or five years ago. That's a good one. Um, but yeah, it's just, it, his voice just ties everything together. Um, yeah. And is just next level. So yeah, big big fan of his. I, I think yeah, if you're if you're into cash at all, I think he's probably a good entry point. I think so. He's my uh, the self titled just because it's the first one I listened to. I think it's my go to, and uh, it's like my hungover album. Like, oh, uh, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> man, like, that makes perfect. Yeah, sense. like especially if I'm like hungover, especially more in the past. I used to drink a lot more than I do now, but like when I when I had a few too many, maybe I'm driving to do something like ice fishing or, or whatever in that early morning we got to get up a little bit extra early you're just not there yet i'll put that on it's just like that right vibe i don't know oh yeah <laughs> it kind of it kind of lets you uh hand that headache off to someone else <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like when most things you don't want to put on but man i just that's my go-to but yeah i think that's just like those four right there man like it, mm-hmm. if someone's like i don't know what should i listen to what's good in country in the last 10 years like man if you if you put on all four of those and you don't find one It'd be hard not to, or maybe sure. it's just, maybe it's maybe it wouldn't be for you. You know what I mean? I think you'd find something out of out of yeah. one of those four. Yeah, I mean, for for my taste, absolutely. I think it's it's hard to 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 steer wrong if if you're talking about those guys. And you know, I I don't think there's anyone better personally, but you know, who knows? Maybe there's someone out there that that is. And I feel like there's a couple that are that are encroaching into that stratosphere. Yeah, um, for me, and I think I think you're kind of on the same page with me with like the the zach bryan stuff what he's doing um yeah i wasn't at first like his early stuff i remember checking out and and kind of thinking like i don't know it's a little bit like tyler childers and it's mm. i don't know i i didn't it took me a while like i, I respected him i was okay. like man he's got a lot of feeling and a lot of emotion to this stuff and you can tell he's like really good and honestly it took me until like the last one he put out the double or the uh, yeah double album let's triple actually yeah <laughs> like 30 whatever 34 it is songs. It's two hours long <laughs> Yeah. Um, now I'm I'm like fully on board. I'm like, all right, okay. I give into it. It's amazing. It's more, some of the best shit out there. But yeah, sure. you've been listening for a while. Yeah. Um. I think I mentioned to you like there's like I don't have a lot of sources for country music that I like tap into regularly. Uh. But there's a guy on YouTube named Grady Smith. He runs a good country channel, and he's he's like definitely tied into the mainstream stuff, but he definitely has an ear to the ground for stuff that isn't. And like he he obviously like once. Zach Bryan started making some waves. He picked him up and was like, Hey, everyone go listen to this guy. So it was like the story with Zach Bryan is he was uh, enlisted in the air force and he would just sit around and write songs on his guitar. Uh, in his off time, someone would like film it on his phone, put it on YouTube and it would just get, you know, gadzooks of, of, of views mm. and stuff like that. And then once he got discharged, he, I think he got a record deal and it just kind of like continued to be, I, I mean, probably the most prolific songwriter yeah. in country music. I think last year he he put out the triple album of like 34 songs and then like <laughs> two months later put out an EP and then like by Christmas he had a live album out yeah. like he's just he's insane but the the insane thing with him is just like if you go back and you know listen to 
that triple album, right? It's like, again, massive commitment. But like, there's nothing there that I would say, ah, this isn't good. I know. You know it's like, yeah. it's all good, which yeah. is crazy. You know, and it's and a like, weird move. Got, I mean, it's such a weird move. I, I always like, it was think about the business side. Debut. I always think yeah. about the business side. And it's like, why wouldn't you just put one out and then later in the year, put the other one out and then put it, you know what I mean? Because it makes sense yeah. to keep people. But like, the fact that he's kind of showing like, it doesn't either just, he's so good that people don't care and he has such a rabid following or mm. it's working because he's just throwing so much at people and maybe that's what's helping. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Either way, he, it's he's, amazing. Yeah. He's the Essex Trillium of, of country music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just constantly putting out records. It's very um, respectable. I just don't understand like how it's all quality. Cause I feel like at a certain point, like, uh, you know, how is it all good? But so far it's all good. And like some of it's better than others, but it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's all good. I think he's getting a little bit more mainstream attention now, especially with like something in the orange. It was on the radio um, the other day, man. Yeah, I, I heard it like at a gas station the other day. I was like, oh, okay. That's. I remember watching him on YouTube and you know sitting by a campfire with a shitty mm-hmm. cell phone video, and now now he's on the radio, but. Yeah, I think he is probably in that Tyler Childers kind of thing, like you said, where it's more about just him and his guitar for the most part. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, like he's, you know, since, you know, he's gotten the major label debut, he's gotten a little bit more, you know, budget and production and stuff. But Which like, I, like. I, like I think that's what I like more. I can see that. Personally. I can see that. And I think, if I recall correctly, he did record this record in electric lady in new york mm. instead of going to nashville to record so it's like where Jimi hendrix did a lot of stuff so mm. he wanted like a different feel and like he's like total nashville outsider like he like even one of the songs that he wrote on his uh triple album was like just completely making fun of like yeah. the nashville cowboys <laughs> and all that stuff and started like put in fake auto well put in auto tune on his voice just to make fun of people like he's totally like you know, yeah, it, all it, it, taking the piss out of out of Nashville, and he's the one that led the big. I think, like the name of his live album was "All My Friends Hate Ticketmaster" or something, mm-hmm. right? Like, so, like he's he's, he's definitely like a bit bit of an outlaw in in that sense. But yeah, I, I think I think he is kind of like, I mean, he's he's got some inertia coming in uh, coming in hot lately. So it's wild, yeah. Out of all the yeah. ones we've talked, like right now probably the biggest you know right at this moment because he's just pumping them out yeah like, i mean i feel like it's all cyclical i mean you, you know tyler childers it was for it was sturgill it was tyler right now i feel like it's probably zach sure. ryan that's like highlight and what's cool about like him and a lot of those bands that we're talking about like you might hear on the radio it's all stuff that's either going to be i don't know it's either going to cater politically to the right 
or mm-hmm. it's going to be 100% neutral with no uh, feelings or thoughts either way. Whereas like when you listen yeah. to all these bands, they don't have any of that kind of <sighs> trying to be something, trying sure. to please an audience. Like there's probably, there's going to be stuff on those albums that would maybe piss somebody off from either side. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, yeah, none of it feels like you said yeah. manufactured. And I think, that's what's so great about like all those guys, you know, it's, if you have that like thought of, like you said earlier, like it's just like a, (laughs) the old style of just racist, Mm -hmm. you know, redneck, just negative connotations that come with country music. Like any of these people we've talked about, like there's just none of that with it, you know? In fact, it could go the other way for a lot of it. So yeah, big time. Yeah. I I think, I think that's what I like about it is it does feel like that it is music with, with teeth but it doesn't feel like it's necessarily trying to appease anybody. You know, like you said, it's just, it's real. It's honest. It's raw. It's, it's what it is. Take it or leave it. But it, it's definitely not pandering to anybody. Yeah. 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 So those are the big, 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 big ones. What, what else are you listening to from, you know, newer stuff that you've been mm-hmm. into lately? Cause I think those are like the, right. Do you miss any like huge ones? I, I, I'm racking my brain here trying to remember if, if I am forgetting anybody. And I don't think we are. I mean, I think there's, there's other people like, you know, like we've talked about that are on the fringe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I definitely have like a soft spot in my heart for some of the folkier side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll rattle some off quickly. Some of these you probably know and a lot of people probably know, but like Amigo the Devil, like mm-hmm. he's kind of, country adjacent i would say yeah. or folk adjacent uh, and he's he's already hit with like a lot of, of metal heads and people like that because a lot of his songs are you know dark and creepy and about murder and shit so like right. he's not 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 hard to fit into a, a good playlist but there's some other people that I'm, i've really been into lately like um benjamin todd mm. um you know his stuff right yeah, like yeah, from yeah. lost dog street band and that's more of like a folky country adjacent almost like I guess I would call it like hobo country in a way. Like it feels like old school, like busker, but like, you know, that person is going to eat with what's whatever in their guitar case, you know, it's not, they're not out there showing off. It's just like, you know, just trying to get by. Yeah. But like Benjamin Todd has a song called using again. And like mm. that, that song is just like, again, it kind of, kind of goes back to the, the elephant song we referenced earlier. It's just straight, pure, honest emotion. Like, hey, I'm using drugs again. Don't believe me a word I say. Yeah. Like, that's what the song's about. Yeah. And, like, it's just, like, so fucked up, but, like, so kind of, like, interesting and, and beautiful in its own way. Living low down and I'm using again. I'm hating my name because I'm cursed like my kin. And if I should see you before I'm condemned. I hope you're deceived by the webs that I spin I wish I was who I appeared Cause I despise the man in the mirror Lost deep inside of my dirty old soul some story-eyed boy never taught self-control And the cost of my living was more than I planned So I held the needle like a gun in my hand 
And I wish I was who I appeared Cause I despise the man in the mirror And then there's a couple of other people like um, Ian No. Do you know him? Yeah. Pretty folky, yeah. Very folky, very like John Prine-esque. Yeah, it's a good... Um, Yep. So I I listen to a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, One of the ones that came up last year was Noah Kahan, I think is how you pronounce his name. I don't think I know Um, that. He did an album called Stick Season. It's really good. It's definitely not country and it's definitely not pure folk. It's like this weird Mm. straddling of like... It's like a more country version of something like the Lumineers, but not as pretentious or like <laughs> try hard indie as like the Lumineers became. Yeah. Um, it's more like, I don't know. It's just, just good songwriting. You know, sure. it's about like his town. He grew up in the new England. So it's a lot about his like new England roots and it getting dark early and it's cold and the town's getting bigger and no one wants it. You know, it's, it's a, it's very catchy and like every song is great. It's a little higher production value. So it feels a little bit more, I guess it feels like pop, even though it's not, but I'd recommend that one. That's, that's a good one just to throw on anytime you want something kind of in that space. But I mean, that's, that's all. I mean, not to just keep rattling here, but I'd also say the white Buffalo. Do you know him? Mm-mm. He's been around for a while. He, I, I, the name of the act is white Buffalo. It's just one guy, uh, Jake Smith for the most part. He actually wrote a lot of songs for sons of anarchy, hmm. the TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he he's kind of one of those guys that's kind of like in that alternative country folk rock kind of space okay. that I that I dig a lot. He's got one of the like extremely powerful, like awe inspiring voice. Writes great songs. He's got a song called The Whistler that I highly recommend. See, the, um, the White Buffalo. The White Buffalo. I got. There's okay. a song called The Whistler. You look up a live version, but it's basically a song about like a a veteran with PTSD and someone pissing him off mm. and him trying to talk himself out of killing him. It's really good. Devil whispers in my ear It's time for your curtain call So I dress myself on Step aside, step aside So, yeah, I mean, I, as far as straight up country, I feel like that, like, I haven't found a lot of new stuff lately. And if I have, I've bounced it off of you pretty quickly. Yeah. Like Winchester 49. Mm-hmm. I think that's one we, we both kind of dug in on pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I wanted to definitely shout out like for someone who's like, okay, I like, cause I think some, I know some of our friends in the group, like 
are into the ones we've mentioned already. Sure. But some of the ones that I feel like that at least for me are are seem like they're rising up and like that I'm getting more into. And I, I know I mentioned to you before was like Charlie Wesley Godwin. Yep. Um, who's been on a couple of Zach Bryan's albums and toured with them. So that's probably why he's getting a little bit bigger. But <laughs> that helps. But you know, he uh he fits in really well between like him. Honestly, he kind of fits in between him, maybe Tyler Childers and Jason Isbell. Because he's okay. got songs that one of the songs, Lion Loke, almost sounds kind of like White House Road. And then he's got oh, another nice. one, um, Temporary Town. Absolutely awesome. And it really reminds me of like something Jason Isbell would do. But he kind of goes all over the place. He had an album before this that was pretty good. Um, I forget the name of the new one, but if you look him up, I mean, he's only got two sure. full-length albums. And I feel like, I feel like if I was going to recommend one person outside of the ones we've mentioned, I would probably recommend him. Okay. And I just saw them live and it was really good show. They had like a, a live um, steel guitar player, pedal steel and all that kind of stuff. Which always elevates it, you know? Oh yeah. Such a fan if you have that in there. There's a tide turning in this temporary town When to change cutties blowing dust up off the ground I'm all burnt out on Heartland skies Dreams of swinging on our porch, gandering ridge lines. There's a mighty mountain of bills on the floor. If it builds up any higher, they'll be bursting through the door. Tear down these walls, let me shiver in the wind. I'll take it as a sign well-timed and consider it God's sin. I could take your hand and leap across the border Give a little gas and ride off towards high ground Make a piece of heaven near some old forgotten town And let the world pass by till there's no turning around Let the world pass by till there's no turning around And then, I know we've talked about him before a bunch of times, but uh, I don't know how you say his last name exactly, but Paul, is it Cowthin? Oh yeah, I always say Cawthon. Cawthon, that makes more right. sense. Paul Cawthon. But sure, yeah. Now he's he's a fun one because I feel like he's like on the verge of self parody. Oh yeah, <laughs> like at all times. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. I mean, yeah, no, no, reps. yeah. You're you're totally right. I mean, especially <laughs> after he put out an album last year. Yeah, um, that one's yeah. He had a, yeah a song called "Country as Fuck," which yeah. felt like a joke. I don't know if it was. It is. It is a joke. Um, it has to be a joke. It is. Okay, good. He's a wild um, guy. He's an entertainer. And I mean, he, like you said, super yeah. self-aware. But the guy, speaking of Johnny Cash, I mean, he, the guy could go mm. on tour just doing Johnny Cash impersonations sure. and it would be yeah. awesome, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, th- I think his album, Room 41, is like one of the better country albums in that style because it definitely isn't like super indie feeling but it's also definitely not mainstream it feels mm-hmm. like, like neo outlaw mm-hmm. i don't know what you would call it but yeah it's fresh yeah it's different and, and, like his songwriting is great and like sometimes it's raucous you know like it's about you know getting high and getting drunk and partying mm-hmm. all night and some of it's about like 
you know, oh God, I'm going to die. Um, <laughs> so like he, he runs the gamut of, of human emotions pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's all very enjoyable, very well done. And again, his voice is just something that just kind of draws you oh, right man. in. And like in a, in a fun, I guess, uh, aside, he, he does or did, I kind of want more, but like he did the unrighteous brothers with Orville Peck. Mm-hmm. I guess we should shout out Orville Peck too, because he's, you know, kind of yeah, in this space. For sure. Um, but yeah, like I, I think Paul Cawthon's one of those that might be a little harder to nail down for some people if you're he not is. like jiving with that sound a lot. But for what he does, I think he's, I mean, I've, I can't tell you how many times I've spun Room 41. Like I bought oh, yeah. the, the vinyl copy and just you know, my wife and I would just play it all the time. I so just, I like when there's, you know, something different, you know, I like yeah. a, some little spin on something just because all this stuff's been done a million, a million, you know, times. And yeah, he's and different. Him he on stands like a, out a playlist called like cosmic country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you seen those playlists? I have. And he, he shows up there and I don't know if that fits, but like I, maybe that's a selling point for some people. You know, I, I looked up that something came up about that term cosmic country mm-hmm. and it stems from uh God damn. I don't know if I'm remember the guy's name now, like an older country guy. And I think mm-hmm. it was just like term for like kind of a little bit more like outside the box country. Like, okay. I don't think it's like, what we would use to say for like blood incantation or something like that, you know, which I thought right, it was right. when I hit the playlist. I was like, Oh, I sweet. Did too. I was like, we're going to space. <laughs> but I, I think it's more, it comes from something, you know what I mean? Okay. So that's what okay. I got. From that makes playlist. more sense. Yeah, yeah. That makes more so sense. I, I would say um, we were just to wrap up on that dude that I was listening to him today just cause I was like, who else do I like? And, he had an EP come out a little while ago and, and the track Everybody Walk in This Land. Oh, I actually listened to that today. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, that song is great. It's like, it's like yeah. Cash like, and those last you know, four or five albums. You know what I mean? God's Gonna Cut You Down by yeah. like straight up. All your races, fastest, nihilists, and jiggets I'm calling you out, my friend. I felt your hurt, drank your fear. Your actions will not stand. Get on your knees, begin to pray. Look at me. Can change you racist, fascist, nihilist, and bigots. I'm calling you out, my friends. We pray you make it through the day. You racist, fascist, nihilist, and bigots. We're praying for you, my friend. Also, Charlie Crockett. Yeah, uh, I would. I would shout out. Mainly because he is, I don't. I feel like he's kind of on the on the uptick. I know he's like had kind of ups and downs in terms of quality, maybe. But like, I think that you know, I kind of like his like Texas style because mm-hmm. it's like his live shows and like the way he dresses. It's all like very Texas. You know, everyone's wearing a suit and wearing a cowboy hat, and everyone matches. And yeah, you know, you got the steel guitar, and but he also still feels, you know, it still feels very. Um, simple and yeah. raw at the same time it doesn't feel like big and, and overblown uh sure. and just a great songwriter you know it's it's more like a bluesy country take um a lot of down on your luck stuff that just i feels good to listen to oh yeah yeah he's great i mean I, he's one of those that like i don't always put on a full album from him mm-hmm. you know I'll, I'll pick songs because he has such like you said the quality goes a little bit up and down but i mean it's all good but yeah. some are just like really good, you know, and he's yeah. puts out, he's put out a lot of albums. He puts out a lot so of much material. Music. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> so I just music. pick and choose usually. Cause I, like you said, I mean, I'm listening to, I'm listening to metal most of the time. And so sometimes I kind of just, you know, I'll have spurts and I'll go through his stuff, but 
he's coming here soon. I'm thinking about going. It's on a shitty day, maybe like a Monday or Tuesday, but might try to catch him because I think he'd be sure. pretty fun to see live. Uh, Welcome oh, to absolutely. Hard Times would probably be the track I'd say to check out. That's a good one. one. Yeah, Welcome to Hard Times. That's such a good song. Like that one in Lonesome is a Shadow or yeah. like bookends for me. Like those, yeah. those are great. Life's a casino. I'm telling you. And everybody's playing. Boys and girls, women, children, me and you. Dice are loaded And everything's fixed Even a hobo Would tell you this Welcome to Hard times And feeling low Do you like sinning? No Well you will be Before you go, we got lots of gambling. Oh, and we're telling lies. You're certainly welcome to hard times. And like the, the new stuff, like the uh, man from Waco, like that's yeah. also great. Um, very old school so, traditional sounding stuff yeah. so if you're not into that you might not like it I think he's a bit more niche like than some of the ones we mentioned but if you if you if you like that stuff then you can't go wrong yeah. you know very unique voice too like no one sounds like Charlie Crockett right um, which to his benefit right like it, it, it fits the style but you're not going to mistake him for anyone else like I feel like radio country just I don't know flip a coin it could be all <laughs> the same guy for all I know yeah um, but yeah very unique voice I was going to ask you, have you ever checked out Cole Chaney? No, I don't, I don't think so. I'm newer to this guy. Uh, it came out last year, I believe, either 21 or 22. But this should be, I think, right up your alley just because he's another one from Kentucky. Love that. Yeah, it's definitely doing that Appalachian sound. I don't know. I will bookmark it. I, will I mean, bookmark his, definitely his the, the Childers vibes are there. It's one of those like, oh, okay. you like Childers? Here's another one that is definitely good. Just recently kind of found him out, so I haven't listened to him a ton. But uh, one of those where you're like, oh, here we go. Because I'm always looking for like, you know, give me some more of that top shelf stuff. Oh, yeah. And it's hard to beat the, the big ones we mentioned. So like, not to say he's at that level, but he's one of those like, the album he put out is great. And one of those where like, I would like keep an eye on him. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, when, when you said his last name, I thought you were, I thought you were meant Channing Wilson, which I think we both recently, (laughs) we fell into this guy. Um, yeah, man. But man, this, this new Channing Wilson, like, I I really don't know if he's done anything else, but his new album, uh, dead man. I mean, that is, (sighs) I feel like it's pure Hank jr. Worship without the baggage. And and, like, you can, (laughs) you can listen to it without like, having to like sift through, you know, mm-hmm. your feelings about his, his, uh, you know, choice of associations. And it's just, it's so good because it, it really feels like classic hockey tonk outlaw, you know, just, yeah, I don't know. Like it feels like home to me in a weird way. It feels like, you know, this is the, the stuff that I remember hearing as a kid when I was just, you know, popping in and out of restaurants or gas stations, or you'd hear on someone's radio, you know, down the street. And it's just, 
it's, it's country as fuck. It, it's it's <laughs> so country. And like again, this is not for the faint of heart, like dipping no. my toes into the country space. This Don't is start this there. is for people. <laughs> this is for people who, who are okay with it, you know. Like you you possibly could end up with a DUI just listening to this. It's <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like it is saturated in whiskey. shared that with his because i think i was like hey did you hear this new thing and you're like ah just listen to it friday so like we both kind of found it at the at the same moment and yeah you know, it was funny because we were, i was going to see uh a family friend who was playing uh live at like a bar doing old school country stuff and uh i was driving there with my uh in-laws and my brother-in-law like i said they were in the country and, and i had it playing in the car and they were like what is this hank hank jr <laughs> and i was like no man this is this is some new stuff but i mean it's and they were very yeah. into it, you know, so like it's, yeah, yeah, right in that wheelhouse. But he's so good. And he's got the That's like great. hard yeah. driving stuff, but then he can do like the mellow songs. And mm-hmm. uh, if you want something raw and just really country, very different yeah. than anything else we talked about. Thousand percent. <laughs> Thousand percent different. And, and I think that's, I guess, maybe again, kind of like going back to the very start of the conversation as an outside looking in, you you might think the country is just one thing. Like a lot of people might think that metal is one thing. Mm. I don't think there's nearly as many subdivisions of country as there is metal, but there are some. And I think finding which lane of country that you want can be fun because there's a lot of stuff out there that gets labeled country, but is, you know, wildly different in, in style and content. Oh yeah. Yeah. Big time. And I, you know, and I go back and forth on all that stuff because I like, stuff that's just straight country i mean i mm-hmm. i'm not going to bring as much of it up on this because you know it's what's the biggest stuff and what people are going to get into first but stuff like that that really hits hard that's feels very country i love that stuff i mean i like stuff too that has this is a hard one to do right but that that has some of the southern rock in it and i mm. feel like most of the time it doesn't come it's not good Sure. I don't know how to explain that, but it just, just like, gets cringy. Like Blackberry smoke kind yeah, of thing? Ex- yeah, but exactly. But like, I don't know. Yeah. Like a little less cringy. I think they might have, maybe they have some good stuff. I can't even remember now. I, I honestly, I tune that stuff out very quickly. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not into the Southern rock stuff. So okay. like when I hear that, like, like, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I have respect for it. You know, like you do be brothers and all that. Like I, I get it, but yeah. like, that's not my wheelhouse. But like my, my dad, like my mom even. Now they they love blackberry smoke, so that's that's cool. But like I, I agree that it is hard to do. It's hard to do. I right. feel like it's. But I like when a, uh, when I like when because I like music that has some kind of drive to it, you know. Sure. And yeah. uh, country doesn't always have that. A lot of the stuff we have, it doesn't necessarily have like a 
it's not riff based, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> but right. I was going to say there's, there's, the, the guy yeah. that I found a couple years ago who kind of fits in that, like he's country, but he, he, there's riffs. Um, and it okay. kind of stems from that, like Southern rock a little bit, but and I think I've mentioned him before in the group and stuff, but Rob lines or Linus, it's L E I N E S blood, sweat, and beers. I don't know that I've seen that name. That's a great title. <laughs> it's the album. I mean, yeah. But uh, for some, like if, you know, he, he can shred, like he really is really good at guitar. He plays like fun music. Most of it's just upbeat about stupid shit, you know, doing okay. stuff you're not supposed to oh, do, getting yeah, too drunk. Oh, yeah, I remember this guy. Yeah, 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 you said that to me. This one is just different again than what the stuff we've brought up, and I just think it's worth mentioning because I don't know. I don't know if people like him. Maybe it's just a me thing on this guy because I don't. He's obviously not blowing up right now. He did go on tour with Dwight Yoakam, so maybe um, something will happen there. Props to Dwight Yoakam, another one we didn't mention. That's sick. <laughs> yeah, I, I went on such I went on such a Dwight Yoakam tear not long ago. It was just like every day for a week. I'm just like it's Dwight Yoakam all day. Yeah, I could go back and watch like his old music videos and like Vince Vaughn's like an extra in one of his music videos. It's just <laughs> absolutely like what a time, what a time. You know, I was at that um, show for that uh, Charles Wesley show, and it's at this venue that's it's a weird place. It's called the Machine Shop. It's in Flint, Michigan, a rough mm-hmm. part of Flint, Michigan. And it's a place where they'll have bands. It's either like country stuff or like stuff like Blackberry Smoke, but even lamer, um, <laughs> like a stained or stained cover band, like oh, shit God. like that, right? It's a weird, dirty, but they, um, yeah. it's cool. And they, uh, the stage has these like fences to make it like a roadhouse, like, you know, where you're throwing the bottles kind oh, of yeah. thing. They do oh, that kind of thing. It's half really okay. cool, but they get some cringe bands and things. But anyways... <laughs> They do a really cool thing, and when I was there, they had like they've got a decent amount of TVs and a screen like right in front of the stage, and it was all okay. the like old school country and stuff. And they played probably four or five uh, Dwight Yoakam videos <laughs> and songs, and everybody was uh, very into it. Which I that's, love a, that's it. a dude that people could check out because he's not well, he's pretty fucking country, but like yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he's I don't know. Yeah, he's he different. also did a lot of that. Like the I guess. Um, I guess the right word would be like Calexico style. Yeah. So like he would have like a little bit of like the uh, Mexican folk music exactly. and accordion thrown in. So again, different lane of country, but you know, very, very country, but also like, I mean, just, just a great showman too. Like, 
just yeah great entertainer speaking about closer to like the the mexican type stuff um the guy who was in uh oh bingham ryan bingham have you ever gotten into him at all i've I've checked out a few tracks here and there i guess same with like luke grimes you know you you see him in yellowstone you're like well i gotta (laughs) i gotta see, see what they're actually like yeah but yeah you know i could totally see that yeah the bingham kind of being in that that yokum lane for sure I got heavy into him. He did the soundtrack or he did a couple songs back when this movie came out a long time ago called Crazy Heart. I remember it. Yeah, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges was in it. Yeah, and he yeah. did the main song to that. I forget the name of it now, but uh, there was it's an- Crazy Heart, right? Wasn't it just Yeah, maybe Crazy it was Crazy Heart. Heart but, and, then, and then there yeah. was another song. I think it was on that movie that uh, came from this album, South Side of Heaven. Okay. It's on an album called Mescalito. And- uh, I think it's another one that anyone, and this is way before Yellowstone, back in 07, you know, he's been doing this shit for a long time, you know? Yeah. And his stuff's hit or miss. I have never really fully gotten into all the rest of it, but um, maybe people have already checked him out because of Yellowstone, since he's been a small part in that show, but Mescalito's insanely good, very different. His voices are really incredible. A lot of good, like, groove and just, like, rhythm on that one. He's not one of those cool ones where he comes from like, I think he was on the rodeo circuit for like half of his life before he did it. I love people that come from something and it's not sure. just like, you know, their parents gave them money to move to Nashville and now they're right. singing songs that somebody else wrote, you know, so. I, yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah, <laughs> Which I think is another percent. thing like why, you know, we're you're talking about this stuff. It's like, maybe people don't even know like why you have a problem with like stuff that's on the radio, but it's like, like you mentioned earlier, it's manufactured. It's yeah, put together it's by like, like 15 writers. <laughs> at least you know and like that's the you know like the the joke in nashville is like everybody in the room gets a cut right like if you're just in the room you don't even have to do anything but if you're in the room while someone's writing a song then you're you know suddenly like co-executive producer of the album so it's just like it's all associations and it's all like the same six people who's doing the songwriting and it's all you know that's the weird thing. It's just like, I wrote this song for so-and-so, but they didn't want it. So I shopped it around and someone else picked it up. It's like, this didn't come from them. Mm -hmm. You know, this isn't what they're expressing. And some people do, I'm sure in Nashville, write their own music, but Mm -hmm. like, I doubt it's, you know, anything that's going to make, you know, mainstream airplay. And, you know, I think it kind of goes back to that authenticity comment that we, we made at the start is just, I think that's what I look for in music is just tell me what you're feeling and not what you know you paid someone else <laughs> to uh to tell you to say i know um 
So that's which I have I always mixed feelings about too, because it's like yes. you go yeah. back to it's been like that in country forever, where like weirdly, you know, a lot yeah. of Johnny Cash songs, where somebody else wrote them. Mm-hmm. You know, he wrote his share of them, and then he did like I think Ring of Fire that was by someone else. You know, um, right? And he um, covered Dylan a lot. You know, exactly. Like, and country's yeah. been like that for so long, which is so weird because it's hard for me because I come from things like punk and rock and metal. You write your DIY. own stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's always been weird to me that, so I'm okay with it. I mean, even Coulter Wall does a lot of covers and stuff like that, but he's still writing his own songs. Mm-hmm. But I'm so much more drawn to like the guys that we've talked about where they're writing their own stuff. And that's right. pretty rare for the radio. I know there's a few. I mean, Stapleton, yeah. you know, he's, I don't know if he's still writing all sure. his own stuff. He was. Yeah. I mean, and I think, I think with him, like he's sort of, to me, like I don't even think of him as a country artist. I honestly, I feel like he is like, transcended that a little bit like i think he could sing anything you know mm-hmm. i feel like he can sure. sing r&b he can sing blues he can sing country blues. doesn't matter um yeah. but yeah i totally get what you're saying and i i think that is my my disconnect with with i guess just mainstream music in general is in in country i think just has a problem with it because i feel like they just i guess i don't know it just always feels like there's these trends that last for 10 to 15 years, like for a long time, you know, I, I think everyone's still stuck on the bro country thing, which doesn't even really exist anymore. Now yeah. it's like the boyfriend slash simp country, which is like <laughs> the thing now. Um, and don't yeah. get me wrong. Some of it's probably sweet and well-intentioned and all that, but like, it's just not authentic. It just feels like, I don't know. Yeah. It just feels like nothing to me. It's just vapid. And that's and I, the stuff that I that I lose heart with. And I try a lot. Like I, uh, if I'm driving with the family or whatever, I mean, if I don't have like on um, metal that's on my phone or a CD or whatever, when it comes to like the radio, I'll throw on country a lot just to see yeah. like. And and there's stuff I like. It's just kind of like guilty pleasure stuff. It sounds good. Sure. You know, that, I like that's it at the what time. I was gonna like bookend i guess this conversation with is like is there anything on mainstream country radio that you actually like <laughs> there's a couple <laughs> if you're willing to admit to it yeah i mean there's there is a couple like yeah. i said i'll put it on and here's the thing about me and if i i live it's dirt roads i'm surrounded mm-hmm. by farms i've got woods like i'm in sure. i'm in that what you would want for country music so it makes sense like it's that stuff just sounds better when you're in that environment at least for me i don't really put it on if i can I'm, see it I drive for work a lot. I go into the city. I'm not really putting that on. It's just not coming on. But when I, it's the weekend, I'm driving sure. on whatever. It sounds very stereotypical, but like, it sounds better, man. I don't know. So yeah. I'll put on what's on the radio. <laughs> and uh, I do like, I have a soft spot for Luke Holmes. Okay. He's had a few albums now. He's one of those I will check out his albums when he puts them out. There's some cringy stuff on him. Anything on the radio, I, I never like a full album, really. Um, I don't think they even approach it like that anymore. I know. I know. You know, I just yeah. don't think they do. I think it's like, let's get a single out there and yeah, we'll put some filler around it to sell it as a unit, but it's all about these two or three songs. For sure. I think he does put out pretty good albums and with a lot of good songs on them. I like him. And I guess for that kind of stuff, it's like, I just want it to be like, um, feel good. It's the kind mm-hmm. like if some people put on pop for that, you know, just sure. like, you just say vape yeah. it, just nothing there that you need to think about. <laughs> right. That's what I'll do that for some country. John Party. See, that's the guy I was going to bring up. Yeah. Does some good I feel stuff. Like he kind of fits into that, like, um, that 90s prime country vibe that I like. Yeah. Where it, like, it feels like it's, you know, an extension of, you know, uh, you know, Randy Travis in Brooks and Dunn and something like that. It feels like a natural extension of that. It doesn't 
feel to me like it came out of everything else, even though he's definitely very popular, definitely very mainstream. Yeah. There's just something about it. That's just kind of easy listening, feel good. Again, not going to, I'm never going to listen to a whole album, but if it comes on, I'm not mad about it. Yeah. There's a couple of good songs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other than that, I mean like, um, Midland, they've been on the radio. They've got some tracks. Nineties mm, yeah, kind of sound. It's rare. I feel like there's more getting on the radio lately that does tap into some of that stuff. There's some decent songs that'll come on that I'm like, oh, hey, that's actually a country song. I mean, I know we were joking about like Hardy the other day because he put out that <laughs> album where it's just <laughs> God, wild. Yeah, it's like some no weird metal country mix. But I'm gonna give him credit. I mean, he's about as pop country as it gets half the time. He's written a lot of songs for like <laughs> every band oh, they yeah. probably hate. But there's that song on the radio right now called um, Wait in the Truck. Have you heard that one? It's got Man, Laney just, Wilson on it. There's so many it. truck songs. I don't know. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Let me see. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. It's the one with, okay, so it's, it's Laney Wilson, if you know her. She was on the Yellowstone uh, the last season. That's... And she's actually pretty good. She's on okay. the radio for, um, yeah, she's got, she, I checked her stuff out. It was pretty good. Anyways, this okay. song, it's very, it's just different than what you'd hear on radio. It's like, it's kind of stupid if you read in the lyrics too much. It's about this guy oh, finding a girl on the side of the road who was abused. And he, oh, I've heard this. Yeah, it doesn't ask this. him any questions, yeah, but he yeah, goes yeah, yeah. and he shoots him with the Zuck, you know, and... Right, it actually feels like a story that happened in Yellowstone. He, yeah, it pretty much does, but the, yeah. Yeah, but it's a story which, like, you don't really get on the radio anymore. Sure. Like, you don't, I mean, You're that's what it should right. be. Right. But like you said, it's just right. some stupid tailgate party, and, and, and there's not really a story about it, where it's like, this is a full story, it's this, like, murder ballad type of thing. Yeah, props, Her for sure. vocals are great for the core. Anyways... I don't want to talk too much because no one's <laughs> going to care about any of this. But so I, I pick okay. up stuff like that once in a while. I'm like, okay, there's some good things here and there. Most of it's not, but um, I wish the stuff we talked about was on the radio. It's not, but it's starting to be a little bit more. I've heard about like Charles Wesley guy when he got picked up by like a Sony Country or like um, one of those bigger labels. So there's hope, you know. I don't know Zach Bryan sure. on the radio a little yeah. bit. Who knows? Yeah, I think I think there is a big push to like get country back to its roots, and I think that. You know, I feel like that Nashville has just been in competition with pop music for a long time, and if you know they've tried the over you know, the overlap and the crossover stuff, but I think you know I think there's uh, a general sentiment amongst the fandom. Uh, it's just like, can we just be us? Can we just do country and not not necessarily try to be all these other things too? So I think I think you're right. I think there is a push to to get that back to you know its its true identity, and you know. It, it, <laughs> It can sound very, you know, old man yelling at clouds, you know, kind of sentiment at times. Um, get off my lawn with your <laughs> pop country kind of thing. But because, yeah. you know, some of it's fine, right? Like, I, I don't care. It doesn't bother me that it exists. I'm not going to be angry about it. But like, it is nice when you do get to hear those, you know, bright spots on on something that's, you know, fairly popular, you know, like seeing Zach Bryan, you know, kind of take off or, you know, hearing a John party song. That's like, Oh, that reminds me of red dirt road. Or, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, that's nice. You know? So yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, sometimes I wonder, like, is the solution like, do you just need, like, you've got all alt rock stations. Why can't we just get alt country yeah. station, like the real right. stuff. And then, you know, cause there's room for both. You have pop music. Sure. We've got rock. Yeah. We've got metal. I mean, you know, because it's kind of, it's just its own thing. Pop country is just a different thing most of the time. I don't know if it makes more sense to have a, a different 
avenue for all that stuff or maybe it doesn't matter because people aren't really listening to the radio anyway so <laughs> yeah i don't yeah i really don't know but i agree you know i think i think it's fine to facilitate both for sure yeah yeah i think there's i think there's some some really good stuff out there i probably won't find all of it because i don't look as hard as i do at you know for it as i do other things but you know there's just so much good stuff that i've come across that like i'm that's why I like it when you send me stuff and I like it when, you know, I, I see other things, you know, pop up, you know, like Ian uh, McClung sends me stuff from time to time. And, you know, I've got a few other friends that are just like, Hey, check this out because they know that kind of like, I'm not going to tell a lot of people that, Hey, I like country music because they're going to interpret that differently. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um, so I, you know, it's not always uh, a safe bet to tell people that cause you're going to end up with all sorts of weird stuff in your inbox. But like, um, there's just, there's some really great, great songs out there and songs that actually have impact and have meaning and have stuck with me. And I think that's really all I want for music is to, you know, it to have an impact. And, you know, sometimes it's country that does that. And that's, that's cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's enough yeah. of it out there. That's yeah. for sure. It's definitely having a moment for quite a while now and doesn't seem like it's stopping. That's one cool thing about like with streaming and everything else. It just seems like oh yeah, all these uh, artists like can just do it without the radio, and they're they're doing pretty damn good. So, well, I think that does it. I think I think we did it. We uh, avoided metal for most of the time. Yeah, no, we, we did. Yeah, here and there. <laughs> Can't help that, but of course. Yeah. So hopefully you guys liked it. Like I said, this might be on a regular feed. This might be on uh, Patreon. Check out Stay Jake tuned. on uh, Lamb Goat. Everything is noise. He always has, uh, he probably is not going to admit it, but he has some really great reviews, interviews, all that kind of stuff. So I, I can't write. I can barely talk. So I would never try <laughs> it. So go go do that for some good written content. Sweet. All right. Well, this is another episode of The Combine. I am uh, Evil J-Dog. I'm Jake. And you guys stay metal.
All right, man. Like I said, I wanted to talk because me and my buddy, we uh, we did an episode or we just recorded something just recently different, you know, talking about country. We're both fans of uh, of some, of good older country, some of the good newer stuff. It was just something to do different. And uh, I was like, man, who can I get on here that I know like some country from the metal world? And I thought of a few people and I, I, I just I know you like some. I don't know, you know, the depths of it or anything like that. But I figured you could at least contribute a little bit to, to go into it. And, yeah, uh, you know, you I, got the new album coming out and everything else. So I'm a fanatic, man. I'm a country <laughs> fanatic, to be oh, honest. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Um, well, then, yeah, man, let's uh, let's dive into that, I guess, first. And then we can and then we can uh, go into the spirit of drift stuff. Cool. When did you start listening to country? Was it always there or was that something you picked up like later on? It was always there because I grew up in the South, um, but I didn't for a long time. I, like many people, heard the country that was on the radio, like going from the 90s into the early 2000s. Uh, and man, there there was some good stuff in the 90s. Like Dwight Yoakam's one of the best singers that ever lived. Yeah, um, yeah. John Anderson's another good 90s dude. Uh, what's his name? Vern Gosden. That's a guy uh, who I was kind of unaware of. Um, uh, Keith Whitley, you know, he grew up playing like bluegrass and Ralph Stanley's band when he was like a, a child. So there there was some cool stuff in the 90s, but something happened at some point. Uh, and, you know, in the 50s and 60s, the Nashville sound was turning a lot of people off. And the people that ended up rebelling against that were dudes like Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson and people like that. And then I think uh, the Nashville sound hit like an all time low going into the two thousands with like pop country. I think it was maybe Tom Petty that just called it like pop music, bad pop music with a fiddle. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So yeah. I would hear that stuff. Like uh, I'm not going to name any names, but just radio 2000s country and i was like this is the worst music ever made and i still feel that way yeah. um but then like oddly enough i remember reading an interview uh with someone who's a good friend now jeff morgan he plays in that band wake from little rock r-w-a-k-e and he was talking about the heaviness of hank williams senior just the heaviness of the subject matter and how heavy is kind of more about uh, an attitude and a state of mind more than anything. And that, that really stuck with me. And then I had a friend um, named Lane who is a total wild, just a wild man, like the wild. He's cool. Now he's a Navy Jag officer now actually, but at the time, you know, he was like a, a state champion level wrestler in Oklahoma and a golden gloves boxer and just like a, a total wild man. And he kept trying to get me into to what I would call like real country. Um, yeah. The thing that did it that I remember distinctly, like he was playing Black Oak, Arkansas and stuff. So like hard rock with the sort of southerny thing. And yeah, I was yeah. like, I was into that. I was always into Leonard Skinner. They've always been one of my favorite bands and Credence and stuff like that. So the thing that bridged the gap there was Waylon Jennings. I mean, I, I probably specifically the song 
are you sure Hank done it this way? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. it's heavy. It's got like a, <laughs> um, a lot of that is because of Richie Albright, the drummer. He was like a really heavy rock yeah. oriented it's drummer. It's got the drive to it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I was like, okay, okay. I, I distinctly remember Waylon being, you know, we would drive around. My friend Lane had like a powder blue, I want to say eighties Cadillac, like a oh, okay. big four door coupe with like a train horn on it um <laughs> and it, yeah he i'm pretty sure he had like just the greatest hits Waylon cd and that's what you know drinking whiskey and riding around in that cadillac and listening to that i was like okay i get it <laughs> and i i mean i was i was sold after that you know yeah that's pretty wild yeah i remember that's the one thing i remember i think last time we talked you were wearing a a Waylon hat so i, I think you mentioned it then and uh that's a good, that's a good gateway there. Like you said, cause I'm the same way. Like any music I've ever liked has to have some kind of a, well, for the most part, some, a little bit of a drive to it. And that's not as much nowadays I can do, you know, a lot more, but, but back then. So any of that same kind of thing, like the, the outlaw type stuff, you know, some of that did have a little bit more of that attitude that you could kind of latch on to if you like some of that heavier stuff you know what i mean yeah it has to be heavy yeah like you say drive you you want your music to have drive i want my music to be heavy and i as i matured i expanded my parameters and my definition of what heavy means like when hank williams is singing about you know being so lonesome he could cry that's heavy. Yeah. That's like real. <laughs> that's really heavy. That's heavier to me than like singing about ghouls and goblins and shit. Right. Uh, qu quick aside though, that <laughs> Waylon Jennings hat, uh, the first time that I saw Cannibal Corpse post COVID, me and Mike, who plays drums for Spirit of Drift, we went and saw Cannibal in San Antonio and I gave Corpse Grinder that Waylon Jennings hat because that's one of his favorites. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, right on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, it's in good hands. That's cool. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So, so Waylon, that was kind of like the gateway. And then what? You, did you jump into a bunch of other type of stuff similar or or what? Yeah. You know, I Hank Williams Sr. was huge for me, like in my teenage years. Okay. Um, I remember like going, I, I think I talked about this on my podcast. I was going through some like, heavy stuff with a girl for a long time, a long time in, in high school terms for sure. Uh, and I remember like I would be running and I would listen to my war by black flag front to back. And then I had a Hank Williams great assist, which was like 30 songs. Mm. And I would listen to that front to back. Um, yeah. and I started to really, it, it became obvious you know, Greg Ginn wrote a lot of the Black Flag lyrics, but a lot of the lyrics on My War are not that far off from what Hank Williams is singing about. It's just not knowing how to process all these negative emotions that you're feeling and mm -hmm. being heartbroken and angry and, and sad and twisted up inside. I mean, that's pretty much like the theme of My War from start to finish. Uh, and yeah, listening to those two seemingly disparate like totally different types of music but when you put them side by side you're like wait this isn't like it it became really easy to connect the dots you know and 
it goes back to like something Jimi Hendrix said, which was he never he wrote one happy song in his whole life, and that was Foxy Lady. And every other song he wrote <laughs> was either sad or angry or, or trying to get something out. Um, yeah. So yeah, Hank Williams was a big one. I remember. Which, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say you're talking about like what he's talking about there. You were kind of connecting that with like Black Flag and 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 you said before like the honesty and the heaviness and that kind of stuff, like. That's, uh, it's so funny because I think, and one of the reasons we did the episode was I think a lot of people, when you say country music, they're like, yeah, I hear what's on the radio and it's garbage. It's pickup trucks and beer and like Friday night, you know what I mean? And it's just like, man, thinking about what was wrote about at the time, written about back then compared to what you have now. I mean, there's a few things here and there that pop up that's good, but man, it's like so different. I think it's important for people to know, like, that's not really country. Like you said, that's right, like yeah. pop. It, it's, it's, um. <laughs> The type of stuff that you hear on the radio, for the most part, it's changing now. It's I would say within the last since Sturgill Simpson came out, he yeah. was he just monumentally changed Nashville. But for the most part, that sort of overproduced Nashville stuff you hear on the radio, it is not art. It, it's not. It's a product. It's all planned out by the industry, and it's literally they're peddling. Coca-Cola, they're peddling processed sugar. It's dog shit. It's yeah. total dog shit. But, you know, um, I was going to say uh, something that happened when I was in high school is Hank three put out a record because so Hank, Hank Williams grandson, he sort of got swept up into that Nashville thing. And he was the guys like a died in the wool outlaw that all those Hank Williams junior three yeah. now there's four right <laughs> yeah um they it's in their dna they're just they're unique guys they're a little bit crazy they're out mm. they're like they have that outlaw shit in their dna right but he kind of got pulled into the nashville thing he was on a record label called curb records and they were s trying to sort of tame him down and stuff like that and i think i was 16 or 17 and he put out this record called Straight to Hell, which was the first time that he was really able to do what he wanted to. And that record was like monumental, monumental. Hmm. I didn't know anything. I've never heard about, of man. Oh my God. It, it's so good. Straight um, to Hell. I didn't know anything about cow punk at the time. I guess that's yeah. like a subgenre. It's like sort of punk rock, sort of country. Um, I had no idea about that. But yeah. When that Hank Three record came out, it's like one of the most. Oh wait a minute! Yeah, I have heard this one. It's so good, dude. It, it it's one of the most aggressive, in your face, like real raw country records. Um, and I feel like when Sturgill Simpson hit, especially with that Meta Modern Sounds album, um, hell yeah, he. It's funny because all anybody sees in the industry, I was just talking to a band manager about this. Uh, all all any of the industry guys see, whether it's agents or managers, they see numbers, man. They can talk all day about like, oh, I love the music you're making too. And I think some of them are sincere with that. But especially in a place like Nashville, they just see numbers. They don't really care about anything else. So when a guy like Sturgill Simpson comes in, making real honest raw different uh artistic country music and that blew up 
and did good numbers, of course, the industry is going to shift around that. Um, and you have a producer in Nashville named Dave Cobb. He's mm-hmm. done a ton of stuff. He did Sturgill stuff. I think he's produced uh, Tyler Childers and yeah, uh, uh-huh. and Jason Isbell. Isbell. Yeah. Right. So you start hearing these records come out, even like Lainey Wilson, who has, she's like mainstream basically at this point, she's got a song on a Dodge Ram commercial, right. but you hear these elements that you wouldn't hear in like the, the watered down radio country that I heard growing up, you hear like psychedelic sounding guitars and mm-hmm. like rawness, like you would hear on like redheaded stranger by Willie Nelson. Um, so there's definitely, I would say the Nashville thing is like in a little bit better shape than it has been probably in the past 20, 30 years. And I think Dave Cobb has a big, uh, a big hand in that as does Sturgill. And obviously like Tyler Childers is giant now. Yeah. So it's good. Yeah. I mean, hell yeah. I hope, I mean, I wish that stuff was on the radio a little bit more, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's breaking through to that is tough, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, when Meta Modern Music came out, that was um that's still one of my favorite all times. You know what I mean? I Same. did I was trying to come up with like a decade list and I remember that was on there for like non metal stuff. Or shit, even with metal I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean put yeah. it with everything you know what I mean? Um Southeastern by Isbell, you know. He's Purgatory great by Childers. Those just they're just huge to me, you know, we'll look back on those and they'll be future you know classics i got it absolute classics man and i the first show actually that i saw after i got sober it was probably this was 2015 i don't have the date in front of me but i bet it was within the first month of getting sober when i'm first writing like the first two spirit adrift songs um i went and saw sturgill simpson twice in a row uh one show was in tucson Arizona at the Rialto and it was energy on 10. Like he came out, played the first song and it was one of the most like rabid crowd responses yeah. I've ever heard. <laughs> Last song he was playing so hard. They were so pumped that he broke every string off of his guitar, like <laughs> just incredible. Yeah. And then the next show, it was two nights later in Tucson or uh, sorry, in Flagstaff up North. And it was a smaller venue and he played the same set, but it was completely different. It was such a more reserved, subtle, quieter, emotional. Yeah. Okay. And just like responding to the energy Uh, and both shows were equally awesome. But that Flagstaff one was just like, it was magical. It was so um, personal, up close, intimate. And he got done playing and people cleared out. And I was like, what's going on? And he's up there on stage, like wrapping cables and stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I walked up to the front of the stage and uh, put my fist out for a fist bump. And he just looked up and fist bumped me. And I swear to God, I had like a vo- jolt of electricity go down my <laughs> arm, like all the way to my heart. I swear. Dude's got something going on. Oh, yeah, uh, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> I-, I didn't get to see him until it was a bigger was a bigger venue um and it was still amazing i mean he was kind of jamming out a little bit more than i think he in the past and it was great i mean i saw uh a similar experience was i saw tyler childers back it was like the purgatory tour 
so it was still a small venue. And then it was like the next night or the next Saturday, I went and seen Coulter. And uh, it was the same kind of thing. Tyler, it was just like super rowdy uh, in a great way. And then um, I went and seen Coulter and it was just, everyone was kind of like just in awe, you know, just like taking in those stories, that voice. I mean, he wasn't really trying to do anything other than just stand up there and like just play those songs. But uh, it was just like that special energy in the room, special moment. You could just, you know, just that vibe. It was there. That's it was, awesome. It was great. Yeah. Did Tyler still have, it was purgatory tour. So he probably had long hair and a beard. Yeah. Yeah. It was that right dude, around that time. <laughs> he had like, <laughs> he had like the thousand yard stare <laughs> at, that, at that point. He was going through something, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But, uh, but yeah, but um, anyway, so those are some of those newer ones. What were some other big, like, country is weird you know especially the older stuff as far as like talking about full albums sometimes because it's like you know especially if like me i came into country later and you've already got 50 to 100 albums by like i mean how many does willie nelson have how many does you know what i'm saying they all have i got i got like 60 waylon jennings (laughs) records that's the most of any artist that i own is is waylon for sure like for waylon i like my favorites and i don't know a lot of them you know, obviously the hits and then like, uh, old, old, Whalen, old, old Whalen and, uh, mm-hmm. good night something. What am I thinking of here? Yeah. So it's an early I one. Feel, I feel like he's the same as any artist is that there's, there's a period where they're at their peak Yeah. and anything between that period. So for Pink Floyd, for example, for me, it would be like the metal album through animals like they just couldn't couldn't miss you know and waylon i think it probably started somewhere around honky tonk heroes that's the album that billy joe shaver wrote every song and kept trying to take the songs to waylon and he was getting blown off and finally he like confronted him in his own office in front of a bunch of people he was like you're going to listen to my songs i'm going to kick your ass (laughs) right here you know uh and it worked out but yeah um some of these older dudes it's like uh the albums, the way that it worked is they would only really try to have one hit and then just right. put out a whole album and maybe the other nine songs aren't as good. Right. But, but I think Waylon was immune to that for the most part. Almost all of his albums are solid start to finish. I love uh, Dreaming My Dreams by that, Waylon. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. That that one, Honky Tonk Heroes, Dreaming My Dreams. And then you have the classic, the greatest hits with like the foil cover with the yeah. cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Yeah. I mean, uh, David Allen Coe, too. Um, before I get canceled, we all know he has <laughs> sketchy, crazy, <laughs> off the wall shit. And, and his he said son, the same thing on our episode. <laughs> yeah. His son wrote a great thing about it on Facebook. His son thoroughly dislikes him, but he. Oh, okay. He wrote a great thing about it. I'm not going to get into all that shit, but he's got two records that are just insane uh came out within a year of each other long-haired rednecks one of them that just like he's just such a good songwriter he's such a good song whatever you think about him outside of that like and i i saw david allen co when i was in high school me and my friend lane who i talked about we drove through a damn tornado to go see this guy yeah yeah. and it was the worst show i've ever seen in my life really worse than any like middle school talent show his kid claims that he was on acid the whole time he was in the band literally every day 
like his son joined the band when he was 16. He does that cocaine and rhinestones podcast. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Tyler okay. Co. And yeah. I've listened to that. I have a really funny story about him. I wonder he, so I, I, I don't want to like throw anybody under the bus here, but a friend of mine was at a restaurant with him uh, and had just met him and and they were mutual fans of each other. They were talking, having a great conversation and he checked his phone and like put it back and kept talking, checked his phone again. And, and they were like, do you need to take that? He's like, oh, no, my dad had a heart attack. And they're like, <laughs> shit, do you need to go? And he's like, nah, fuck him. So oh, man. that shows you their, <laughs> their relationship. Right, right. Um, but who else? Merle Haggard, he's got a great discography. You know, most of his songs are I solid. I see it, but uh, I got oh, yeah, presenting it today. Beautiful. You know, I just listened to a podcast about him um, this year. You ever check out, it's called Country X. I don't know Maybe? if you ever pay attention. There's a web, There's a Facebook website, uh, Saving Country Music. I usually get a lot of good recommendations from that one for as far yeah, as I've stuff. Yeah, I've seen that site. Yeah, good articles and shit. Um, he, this guy does it, and he kind of dives into like cool folklore around like you know the old stuff. He's got to go in about Waylon actually. Um, his connection to the cocaine bear. Oh, weird. Okay, like he ended up. He ended up. Which is funny because Waylon's history with cocaine, you know, and then he ends up with the uh, with the uh, the stuffed life, you know, full size cocaine bear at some point, which he didn't realize. I don't know. It's a funny story. <laughs> Amazing. But then he's got one about Haggard and uh, it's like running down whether he uh, actually escaped from jail like 17 times because that's like the the rumor uh-huh. or whatever that he escaped 17 times. I think it ended up being actually like six times. But uh but yeah, country acts. It's cool. But it made me just, I don't know, maybe want to listen to some more Hag or just. Yeah, that's Hag, right, man. <laughs> I, I got his book right here. I worked his last show ever in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm. Uh, and it was like, I was still drinking at the time. So, I mean, it was kind of like perfect environment to be in. But after soundcheck, his, his son, Ben, like the whole band left the stage. And Merle's son, Ben, who's playing lead guitar, he played guitar literally from soundcheck until doors nonstop. Just wow. like one of the best guitarists I've ever really? seen. Yeah. Um, it was incredible, man. So I, I got cool. to tell, I got to tell Merle just like good set. And he said, <laughs> thanks. Awesome, man. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah I got, cool. I got all these guys autobiographies and everything. And you know, you watch uh, Mike judge did that show uh, tales from the tour bus the first season like where he basically talks to people who were there mm. on tour with Waylon, George Jones, Johnny Paycheck. I'm going to write um, that down. And then they animate these crazy stories that these people are telling. <laughs> and those those guys to me, you know, the the OG gangster rap dudes were crazy. Uh the hair metal guys were crazy, but to me the old country guys were like next level yeah. next level just like <laughs> didn't care <laughs> oh man i know yeah some of the stuff i forget sometimes i forget but it's like i mean like the old whaling stories like what was the one where he was like had the drug bust i don't know were they recording an album yeah and he got busted with what well, or i don't think he got busted but right he had a ton of cocaine on him or yeah they they pulled a whole like um look over here distraction routine on the DEA in the middle of the studio 
and he <laughs> snuck off and uh or somebody snuck off with a big old bag and flushed it down the toilet while the feds were in the control room they were pretending i think to like be really hyper focused on a vocal take and going back and forth just as a oh, total yeah. distraction yeah so that somebody could like kick one bag i think they kicked into a hole between like the wall and the floorboards and then they flushed another one and the feds heard the toilet flush <laughs> and Waylon was like well i guess you guys are shit out of luck or something <laughs> but then he while the court case was still pending he tracked that song don't you think this outlaw bits done got out of hand where he right. literally tells the story about flushing cocaine while the feds are there um, but because they didn't have any physical evidence and because he's Waylon Jennings, you know, pretty sure he pretty much got off with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> that's so cool though. That's another thing I love, like someone like him. Um, and I know in country is different, you know, you don't always sing your own songs and things like that. And that's just like the tradition in country, but like guys like Haggard where he was like writing most of his own shit, at least early on in someone like him, who's like, that guy's been in jail. He's writing those, these lyrics. And, you know, I don't know what, you know, every, every song and what's fully real and what's not, but these guys have those like actual life experience to draw from, you know, which is something I think a lot of people respect from metal or any, any music where it's authentic and not just like five people writing it in a room or, or whatever. Yeah. So I think it's just like another connection where it's like, that draws me to it. You know what I mean? Especially dudes who are like really lived it. Yeah. It's, it's real, man. And I, I like old school like gangster rap for the same reason yeah you know like three six mafia you listen to that and you're like wow you know and you, you believe them same right. same deal <laughs> yeah hell yeah what about uh you mentioned willie um that's another big favorite one of mine is him and then that the album he did with waylon waylon and willie i mean that's just like that's yeah, a great one too. I, I got that as well. WW2 is not as good. Uh yeah. but the yeah, the first one, it's kind of got a, a leathery type embossed cover on it. Um mm -hmm. and yeah, Chris Christofferson wrote almost everything on that. And what's the song? Take back the weed, take back the whiskey, baby. Yeah, take back the pills, take <laughs> back the cocaine too. Uh your love is all that I'm after. I can get it off on you. I mean, that's genius. It's yeah. genius. And they got a song about how every country song is pretty much the same song. And it, right. you know, let, let's settle down. Like, don't ever cuss that fiddle unless you want that fiddle out of tune. That player there in trouble ain't nothing but another side of you. And they talk about like, all right, chill out. Let's just keep stealing each other's songs and everything's fine. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's, it's fun, man. It's very, uh, self-aware that whole album you know? right but it, it's got like real serious stuff on it too about the vietnam war and all that and chris was in a unique position to talk about that because he had been there and done that um and i don't know if this is true but there was some story about like being at an award show and toby keith told chris christopherson like hey why don't you lay off the hippie shit tonight or something and oh, he like really put him in a <laughs> chokehold and put him up against the wall and was like until you've gone overseas and watched people die and you fight for this country, you don't tell me what the fuck to do, boy, you know? <laughs> oh, that's funny. I got to look that up, man. I hope that's yeah, true. Who knows if that's true, but yeah, I, I hope it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, any other like big 
albums you would point someone to like like let's say someone's into metal and they're like okay i'm gonna check something out we mentioned a couple good Waylon ones would you say like just do the greatest hits or would you say like go with an album or and, and, and I, just if, a couple good albums anyways if you're into metal i would say start with straight to hell by hank three mm-hmm. uh i think came out in 05 04 05 start there um because that's a pretty obvious uh way to to bridge the gap between the aggression of metal and and the country stuff yeah uh so i would start there straight to hell um for Waylon, yeah, I probably would go with that greatest hits first, or or maybe Honky Tonk Heroes, because that one's pretty aggressive musically, right? As far as country goes, um, yeah. George Jones, like old George Ooh. Jones, just because it's real raw, and yeah, he has a record called Alone Again, and every song is just about him being a piece of shit basically there's a guy with stories too yeah um (laughs) merle haggard you know there's a merle haggard record called serving 190 proof that has like thin lizzy harmonies on it um so that's a good one yeah and then yeah for newer stuff tyler childers purgatory definitely and sturgill simpson i like the bluegrass stuff he's been doing oh yeah uh, cutting grass but i also really like meta modern sounds and country music that's a good one Hmm. Um. Yeah, you know what's a good way to bridge metal and country too is that uh, Pride and Glory band that Zach Wild did. Oh, I don't know that one. You should check that out. They they only did one record, I think, but it's um, it's like super heavy Southern rock, bordering on metal, with banjo and fiddle and stuff, and it actually works. Yeah, Pride okay. and Glory it came out in the nineties. Okay, I'm going to check that out. That's cool. That just made me think of a, a weird one that I was into um, last year. It's a little bit, maybe more closer to uh, bluegrass, folk, dark folk. Uh, but it's in the realm. A um, little bit of country vibes and stuff like that. But this guy, his name is Ryan Clackner. Huh. Um, and he does a few bands. Uh, shit, one... Uh, I gotta look this up. There's two that are, are are really cool where he he mixes like uh black metal with that other stuff. Um Oh, is it the guy from Panopticon by chance? No, it's not that that guy's uh, name's Austin or something, right? Right. Uh okay. no, this is a little bit different. It's a different dude. He's he's from the south somewhere, I think like Tennessee or something like that. But um but yeah, it's cool. I mean it's 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 super raw and lo fi. Um Okay, Primeval Well, and then Crestfallen Dusk. That's the two, but it's real lo-fi. Um, I'm hit, I'm hit or miss with black metal. Like I, I I like a lot of it, and a lot of it Same. I'm not that into. Okay, yeah, <laughs> but but it just the way it ties the two together, it's really cool. It's just something different, but nice. Anyways, maybe for somebody else out there who's like, uh, you could flirt with it a little bit, but you don't want to go all the way in, you know. And then Tak Taka, however you say that, they have the. That's a Norwegian black metal band. They have right. a song with that like banjo break when the banjo comes in. That's, that's cool. I mean, banjo in general, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, all right. I'm trying to think. I think I covered most of the country types. Anything else country-wise? Big old favorites or something like anything like that? Other other albums or? Um. Yeah, the, I mean those David Allen Coe albums, Long Haired Redneck, Rides Again. Um, 
Merle Haggard serving 190 proof and his older stuff as well. George Jones, I am what I am and alone again. And then the three Whalen records I mentioned talked about the newer stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I can't think anything else off the top of my head for now. Yeah. That's, that's it. Yeah. Cool. Like I said, we, uh, yeah, we went, we went hard into like mostly newer stuff when we were doing our, our, our part of it. But, um, we didn't talk too much about the old stuff, so I'm glad we kind of went into all that because that stuff's huge. Oh, wait, what about uh, Cash? Did you get into Cash at all? Yeah, um, honestly, not as much as a lot of the other guys. I okay. I love him and respect him. I've read all his books and yeah, watched every documentary that I can. And he he's an Arkansas guy, so that makes him close to my heart. Uh, yeah, but I just I never found myself listening to him as much as the other guys i, I yeah. do love him i love yeah. everything he did and everything he stood for you know yeah yeah that was a, that was an early favorite for me was cash and uh san the san quentin live album i mean mm-hmm. yeah i, I, I that. ran that one down <laughs> yep yep uh but all right man so then we've got the uh the new spirit of drift album coming out um I never, uh, we talked about, I think every other, your other albums, I didn't hit you up on the last one just cause I was like, I gotta give this guy a break. I don't want to <laughs> <laughs> be hounding him every year. But, um, I mean, the last one was fucking phenomenal, you know? Thank you, uh, man. My, my, my son, he's four. I think when, when did that come out? What year was that? 2020 October. So like middle of COVID. Yeah. So he was probably like, yeah, about two or whatever by then. Um, but I just remember, I, I don't know if it was Ride Into the Light or one of them. It was like his first headbang uh, that he oh, did was to, when that album was playing. So I got a special, that's a, that's a special album now, but he loves it. But um, anyways, now you've got the new one coming out. Obviously, you've done stuff in between there with, you know, with the uh, EP and the covers and all that. Um, the, tra- the singles are awesome. I know with Enlightened, it was like, you you know, you were talking like, that one was a feel good. You wanted it to be like uplifting, feel good album. For the new one, are you going down that one again, or is there a different, full different vibe? Because I've only heard the singles. I haven't heard the whole thing yet. Oh man, I got to get you the record. Um, I figured maybe you had. I, you, I, when it was with twenty bucks, I don't think. What is it now? You're on um, Century Media. Century. I don't think I've got a Century contact for some reason. We just know. Okay. I'm lazy, well, man. we're at, yeah. Our our publicist is actually she's independent. Um, oh, but okay. I, dude, I'll just send, I'll send you the album. Yeah. When we get off of here. Sweet. Um, yeah no it's totally different dude. okay it's um i mean it feels the singles feel already a little different i mean yeah and you know a lot of people tell me like oh i can't believe this whole album is all about death and mourning and grief and not all that because the music is like so triumphant Mm, so that's mm -hmm. cool you know i think i think uh one of the things that makes one of the things that defines spirit adrift and uh possibly lends the project some unique identity is the dichotomy between the pain and the triumph and you know the light and the dark and that sort of thing a lot of times when i'm working on something and to me it just seems like oh like it's just all about grief and mourning and stuff maybe the music isn't coming out that way to other people um so yeah, there, there's always that dichotomy and, you know, I sort of abandoned nihilism in my twenties. Like, yeah, that shit never did anything <laughs> for me, you know? Yeah, uh, right. I, I had some good times, like 
going super super like 2012 a lot of weirdos thought the world was ending yeah and and so i just acted accordingly and like just threw caution in the wind and that was like a fun year certain aspects of it but long term like that nihilistic shit just doesn't it will not get you through life uh, on a on a long scale you know it, at least that's not a life that i want to live so yeah with spirit of drift like even the most depressing or darkest whatever subjects um i'm never approaching them with like we're doomed and there's no hope and there's no way out of this uh because like there's plenty of metal bands that do that if that's what you want there's a bazillion bands you can listen to and i just it wouldn't be sincere if i approached it that way yeah Um, i'm always trying to find a way through you know right right yeah that's cool so the new one it's got it's got those darker themes but it's still going to be there's some light in there it's going to be you know have that kind of feel yeah yeah i mean even the the most grueling and song on there emotionally you know um, these two hands it's track four uh it's pretty brutal but at the end it you know i think the last lyric is like i have to believe it gets better yeah okay you know it's like and that's my approach to going through really miserable stuff is like this is gonna get better at some point right like even if you don't really (laughs) believe it you just have to like yeah keep telling yourself you know because i like for the most part i like being alive these days i didn't always um and you know the thing that informed this album more than anything was just watching people die constantly man um you know, we lost our dog early 2020. That sort of like seemed right. like that was the first domino for us, at least. That it, it was just like, you know, mostly friends and bands are in the touring industry. And I know a lot of people died from COVID. Uh, but the people that I lost in my life, it was almost exclusively mental health issues and drugs mm-hmm. and suicide and accidental overdose and and stuff like that. You know, it's like we were told that we were not essential and you can't do that. Like right. you, who didn't they think that telling a huge chunk of humanity that they're not essential might have some fucking consequences. And so I had to watch for three years is, and, and you know, we all have personal responsibility, right? I'm not denying that, but sure. Yeah. I watched a lot of people die, man. A lot of people I loved, just didn't make it through the last few years and yeah i I made an album about it you know yeah yeah that's powerful yeah i mean yeah this makes me think of someone like uh i mean trevor from black dahlia like you know i mean that you know seems like that was just being locked in for like two years and not being able to do your normal stuff that hit a lot of people pretty hard and yeah man yeah that was a big one for me man i was in italy uh when the news came down about that and Man, I actually I called Nick from Power Trip. I don't know why. I we were um we were at a venue called Bloom in Italy and Nirvana Kurt wrote the song In Bloom about that venue okay. apparently being in Bloom, right? Um and yeah, our our drummer showed me the news and I had to go outside and just I was like walking just trying to figure my shit out. And I called Nick from Power Trip. I, again, I don't know why. Just seemed like the right guy to call. And dude, he picked up immediately, immediately. And we just talked through it. Cause 
man, the last time, the last time I saw Riley from Power Trip, they were on tour with Black Dahlia. That was in Flagstaff. Mm. Um, and I had seen Trevor a couple times since then. And his birthday was like five days before that happened. I talked to him on his birthday and would have never known, man. And it, yeah. I went through a lot of those through the past three years of just like, man, my friend, Big John, I, I did a whole podcast episode. Yeah, about I him. Like I was talking to him the day that that happened. Apparently he texted me out of the blue and, you know, I've been, I've lost a lot of people you know, I've been losing people since I was four months old, but when it's somebody that's too young and it's somebody that you just talked to and they were just alive and everything seemed fine and then they're gone, it's that is hard. To, it's not that I'm like, I mean, I'll always be sad about it, but I'm not, I don't find myself like moping about it. It's just mm -hmm. like surreal. It'll yeah. always be surreal. Like it's very hard to, convince myself all right i'm never talking to big john again i'm never talking right to and riley like it's just really strange you know yeah yeah oh definitely i know exactly what you're talking about yeah that's cool that you uh you know just being able to kind of get that all into like uh into the album but without like making it a super just dark down sort of a thing you know just still having those like you can listen to it. You could probably feel that stuff, but still kind of, like you said, come out on the other end. So that that's cool, man. I feel like that's what I like about, you know, especially the last few of those, like just having those vibes where it's like, takes you from one place, but you're still ending up feeling good, you know, about life. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. That's, that's just how it comes out. You know, yeah. I just don't feel hopeless anymore. Some days I do, but, but again, right. I always tell myself, like, I don't ever let myself have two days in a row of feeling sorry for myself or hopeless or whatever I'll, I'll have one and i'll be like all right bitch like tomorrow <laughs> this is over <laughs> what do you do what do you do to kind of like zap out of stuff like you exercise or you do you i don't know write a song like what's it, man it's <laughs> all day long something yeah playing yeah. guitar always helps and yeah. i forget that i forget that and that's actually what um what was the catalyst for like the big long two-year writing process that created you know forge your future and the two songs from 20 centuries gone and the new album was covid lockdowns i was like freaking out just like everybody else and had to kind of slap myself and say dude pick up the guitar you know yeah yeah always therapy it literally has never failed to make me feel better um so that's one thing yeah making being creative creating something mm -hmm. i feel like you know god whatever you want to call him is creative and he wants us to be creative too to create and not destroy you know yeah um and then dude yeah it's just every it's going to be an everyday thing for the rest of my life and the quicker you can accept that the better you feel about it so i i pray i meditate i um, focus on my sobriety and recovery i've got like some of the best people I've ever met in that community, you know, anybody's just a phone call away. Um, I love talking to other musicians and other people that tour. Um, I like, we're out here on 11 something acres in the middle of nowhere in Texas. And now going outside is just like, yeah, so obvious, but for not some to reason, a lot of people, we, man. Yeah. And we like have this internal urge to resist that sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I think COVID 
I don't know, man. I don't want to go off and say some weird QAnon shit, but I don't know. I feel like we're being conditioned to want to sit and stare at screens and mm-hmm. and not go outside and not talk to our neighbor and not see what we have in common with the people out there. You know, that's yeah, important. No. That's yeah. all important. And yeah, exercise. I'm like addicted to violent exercise. Yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm the same way, man. I, uh, I guess it was a little after COVID, but I did the home gym thing. You know, I started getting everything like power rack. I got the, you know, just heavy weights for home, got rid of my gym membership. And same way, dude, like the exercise, if it's a bad day at work, I'm coming home and I'm lifting, but I went, I went too hard, messed up both shoulders, either like a labrum tear or something rotator or whatever. So I've been having to like not do any heavy weights, just do, uh, like rehab for it, you know, basically. I'm in the same boat, man. Are you? Yeah, I so I destroyed my left shoulder years ago and just never did anything about it. So oh, it's okay. it's okay now, but I have a so the L5 S1 disc is the most commonly uh injured disc or the one that most commonly needs surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's been an issue for me for a while and I think it's mostly from touring like lifting stuff you never have enough room to lift the right way whether you're in the trailer or some hallway that's like overpacked or backstage getting around people uh so it's been screwed up for years but the last time i injured it was like i thought i thought it was like done i thought my either i'm like borderline paralyzed from the waist down or i have to get surgery or something and fortunately i've been doing physical therapy and been on medication and steroids and shit. I saved my steroids for the European tour. Oh uh, yeah. So that I could just get fully it. kick everybody's ass, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, nah, I'm, yeah, I'm doing physical therapy. I just got discharged yesterday actually. Oh, so I'm just doing shit at home now yeah. trying to get myself right for tour. Do you, uh, do you ever like hang just from like a bar? You ever do any yeah. of that? Yeah. Okay. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> I do uh occupational therapy is my main, you know, my main job. Um, you know, similar to physical therapy or whatever. So I've been trying to just rehab it myself, you know, get the shoulders back, which it's working. So I'm hoping I'm gonna be uh picking picking up the the weights again soon. Keep at it, man. It, it sucks. <laughs> it's not fun. It's been but... driving me nuts because like you said, you have those certain things that give you that release, you know, that just kind of lift your mood and working out's always been one shooting a bow is another one and i haven't nice. been able to, to do that you know just but anyways enough of that but yeah man so I, I feel that being outside any of that kind of stuff um what about uh i know i think last time we talked um there were we were talking about things that like um i don't know i want to say like inspire you a little bit that weren't music like I, I feel like books you know there was a lot of like bigger books you were talking about at the time um, I want to say like we talked about Goggins and, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I forget what else you were mentioning, but I remember some inspirational books, anything this year or recently, or maybe it was inspired in the album or maybe just recently that, that have been big for you. Yeah. You know, I read Rick Rubin's book. Um, the album was already finished by then and it's all just kind of reaffirming beliefs and, um, knowledge that I've already feel like I've kind of gathered, um, but that was good. I like Rick Rubin. Yeah. I just actually ordered Quincy Jones' book as well. He has a book about the creative process. And okay. he's Quincy Jones to me is the best record producer ever. Um, so I'm excited to read that. Uh yeah, man. I just try to like stay open 
to anything, whether it's um, <clears throat> filmmakers, uh, you know, I'm not so much into there are certain art forms I'm less interested in, like not really into musicals or opera or yeah. that sort of thing. But I, yeah. you know, I like artwork. I like painting and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Just staying open to any and all sources of inspiration, whether it's in the natural world or, or just other creative human beings that are, uh, that are making stuff that I like that moves me. You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. William Friedkin, who directed The Exorcist and French Connection and uh, yeah. Sorcerer, which is his most underrated movie. Our song Sorcerer's Fate isn't about a sorcerer. It's about William Friedkin. Okay. Um, so he's a huge inspiration. Yeah. yeah. Like Coen Brothers, um, anybody, man. Any, yeah. E even like martial artists, you know, you can watch them get into a flow state and you're like, man, I want to be there. You know, you can be in a flow state writing music too. Uh, right. Yeah. I just try to, I'm like constantly trying to keep my antenna up. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, I know I've, I've listened to at least a handful of your episodes like uh, that you've been doing for your podcast. And I, and I know you mentioned, so there's a book or two on there that I know I wrote down, but, uh, but yeah, man, the podcast has been great. The podcast Thank has been you. awesome. I've, I've definitely been enjoying that. Like I said, at least four or five of those and uh i just it's uh it's different than most of what you're gonna get i feel like it's just cool i don't know how you do it just on your own like that like anytime i have to record something like maybe it's an <laughs> intro to something an interview out two minutes of talking by myself i hate it you know it just yeah, never feels natural but man you do like an exceptional <laughs> job with that thanks yeah i i have false starts sometimes yeah. where i'll start going and i'll literally just be like this fucking sucks and I'd stop and <laughs> start again. But usually once I get going, I'm just kind of like, you know, I, I grew up watching this dude, uh, Joe Bob Briggs. He's like a horror movie host. Oh, okay. He had a show. Um, he's the guy is crazy. His life is like, he needs to write a book. Um, cause he used to travel all over Europe. He's like highly educated guy, but he plays this kind of redneck every man character. Uh, but he had a show on TNT back in the day called Monster Vision. Oh, okay. and that's and how I just, bell. dude, and I was young, young watching these super fucked up movies <laughs> and it would go to break and he would give you like factoids about the movie and he's drinking beer and he's like getting drunker as the thing goes <laughs> on. And, but just a, an infinite well of knowledge about the filmmaking business and about it, like the minutia details of all these weird movies he's showing. Uh, and that show got canceled after a while, but he came back like five, six years ago. Um, maybe longer now he's on shutter now. Oh, okay. He'll do That's these cool. double features and, you know, every 20, 30 minutes it cuts to, to him and he'll tell you something about the movie and there's no That's commercials. Sweet. So yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, but I, he's the first guy that I ever watched do that. And, you know, I think I overlooked what a significant impact that guy had on my personality, just being like totally, he made it cool to be like super educated about something, mm -hmm, not mm -hmm. dork shit, like math and stuff like that. Others, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, cool stuff. Right. Um, right. But like he, he's a big inspiration for that. And obviously like Bill Burr has the podcast where it's yeah, just him. Great at that. And, and somebody that's highly underrated 
at the solo podcast is Theo Vaughn. That guy is mm, yeah, he, yeah. He plays like a a goofball or whatever, but yeah, that guy is like highly, highly intelligent. Yeah. Um, so I yeah, I just watch those guys do it. And Joey Diaz, he's another one. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I try not to talk about stuff that um I, I don't talk about anything unless I really care about it and unless yeah. I feel like I really know about it. Uh because everybody's a foreign policy expert when there's certain things going on or, or a viral expert when that's mm-hmm. going on or what mm-hmm. and that shit there's nothing more annoying than yeah. the keyboard expert you know no no it feels super real like you're talking about like i love how you mix it all up i love how you've got you know you talk about something new that's coming out you, you know some random topics that it's somehow always uh interesting you know um and it, I'm just, I get jealous, man. Just though you got a good way of talking, especially like when you're talking about the music, it's always, uh, maybe cause you're a musician yourself, you're picking up on all the little things that somebody else isn't, but, uh, not to, not to blow smoke up your ass, but I mean, it's just, uh, well, yeah. You, for anyone man. out there that hasn't listened to it or watched it on YouTube, man, it's, uh, yeah, super cool. Hope you keep doing it. Um, I enjoy yeah, it. I, I def, I, I don't enjoy other things that I've tried and that I've been told to try to like, Oh, do more social media. Like, most of that stuff I can't stand, but, yeah. but Hey man, you're good at this too. Like you're one of the people that I don't dread talking to when I do these <laughs> That's press good. cycles. So. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. I didn't want to, I figured I wasn't going to even go too, too deep on the, on the new stuff because like you, you got this podcast going and I know you said you're going to do an episode on that coming up. Like you're probably getting asked those questions a million times. So <laughs> yeah, this was fun, man. I appreciate it. Cool, dude. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll let you go on that because we're getting to be about about an hour here, man. But uh, thanks for doing it. Um, yeah, I hadn't talked to you for a while. I think the last time I last time I saw you was um, I was going to do an interview. Or I did one with Matt Harvey. You guys were touring. It must have been Gate Creeper at the time, maybe from Exum. Would have been, yeah, yeah. And I remember we, I was doing it with him, like just in the back green room, and you were just passed out. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah, dude. I think uh, the other bands were playing. It was super loud and chaotic in there. I was talking with him, and you were just over there sleeping. So I didn't get a chance to say what's up. But uh. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I had no idea you were even there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was probably maybe the last time, or unless uh, maybe we talked about that. I don't know. But anyways, man, I appreciate it. It's always cool. It's always fun. And uh, I'll be watching the the podcast, and I'll uh, I'll be listening to the new album, man, for sure. Cool, my Jason. Son listen to it too. Yeah, good to see you, man. I'll send it to you as soon as we get off of here. Sweet. I'll listen to it today then. I appreciate it, man. Killer. All right, dude. Well, uh, good luck with it all coming out and everything. Thanks, man. Good to see you, buddy. Yeah, same to you, man. Later. Later.